Holman, I heard you enjoy selling items on Craigslist. No, <laughs> I do not enjoy selling items on Craigslist. Well, tell me more, Holman. What happened? Uh, I mean, just the f- just people. People. I mean, that's all I got to say. That's it? it just that's people. the story? That's it. What were you selling? I just had some old Jeep parts and stuff in my garage, and during the COVID, it's like, all right, well, you know, I'm home almost every day, yeah. and so- might as well kind of clean up the garage and get some stuff moved on. And what were you selling? I uh, just some G parts. You can't be more specific. I cannot be more specific. You, uh, big, small bumpers. Not easy. Shift knobs. Easy. What? Oh, okay. For example, I had a part that retails for, let's say, 120 bucks. Okay. Br- brand new in the box. Was not opened, other than to check the contents. Even the plastic bag with the hardware was sealed. Okay. The instructions were with it. All right. Everything was in the box. And I had a list for 60 bucks because I'm like, all right, talk me down to 50. Did you write no low ballers? I did not write lo- no low ballers because that should be understood, right? <laughs> it's not. No, but uh, it's here's list. Listen, you know you're going to get talked down, so you put it up for a little bit higher than you want. Yeah. So this dude hits me up. He goes, hey, man, I really I really want that. I'm, uh, I live about three hours away, but I'll be in your area on Saturday. Uh, and don't believe the hype. Would love to uh, to pick it up. <laughs> Not happening. And I said, No way. All right, three sure. hours away. And he goes, uh-uh. How about thirty bucks? And I'm like, No, I'm selling to you for thirty bucks. You have to go spend 120 to get it new. This is that exact thing. And I said, Give fifty bucks. He goes, Man. Can you do 40 because times are really tough right now? I go, why do you think I'm selling things out of my garage? Because times are tough here too, pal. Like, what, you think you have the market cornered on tough times and you need some walking around money? Dude, and he doesn't need this either. No. He doesn't have to have it. No, it's not a need part. No. It's totally something that is because you want it. All right, so I tell him, meet me at the local church. Because I'll yeah, church transactions. I'm all about the church transactions. Because either you know nobody's going to murder you within the the gaze of Jesus or God, right? I don't know that that's true these days. Well, I'm still packing when I meet, but okay. you know I do it in church parking lot. I figure that's safe. There's always people playing basketball. There's priests walking around. There's um, just people <laughs> priests walking around. <laughs> so I figure that's my Craigslist safe space. Yeah, I right? I, I prefer Starbucks. Oh, that's interesting. There's always activity at a Starbucks. Yeah, that's a good point. Even during these COVID times, there's still activity. Yeah. There's a long line of cars. You know, if something goes down, someone's going to be in their car and they're yeah, going to see it. Yeah, but the problem is uh, there's no parking because everybody is you know, all jammed in there. You can't get in and out of spaces because the drive through line is like okay. spiraled around the building, right? Okay. So anyway, this dude says, I'm going to be there at X amount of time. All right, this this time. I'm like, great, meet you then. You settled at what price? Uh, Getting there. Okay. Getting there. I said, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it for 40 and he's like, well, it's just, man, times are tough. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Times are tough, too. I got another guy who'll give me 50 bucks. He's like, 45 this afternoon. I'm like, fine, dude. It's, I'm not, it's Craigslist. We'll just get out of my garage. Yeah, 45, know, right? fine. The guy says, I'm going to meet you at this You're time. about to do, are you aware that you're about to do $45 worth of labor to get yes, it to him? Yes, that's my point. Yeah. And so I go to the church parking it's lot. It's about to be a lose-lose for you. And I say, hey, what are you driving so I know what to look for when I pull in the parking lot? And he goes, no response. And about 20 minutes later, it's, I'm on my motorcycle. And I'm thinking, oh, this is, by the way, a long, skinny box that's about, oh, 29, 30 inches long. Windshield wipers? No. Okay. No. I'm waiting. And my wife's like, is the guy there yet? She's An antenna. Me. 
And I'm like, he's not here yet. And I'm like, but he has five more minutes. Uh huh. Exhaust pipe. Because I'm not getting screwed out of $5 to waste 30 minutes for you. I don't care sure. about you that much. What the hell I is it? What are you owe selling? owe you nothing. What were you selling? I owe you nothing. No, you owe him nothing. What? what I don't what owe you, you an explanation of what I'm God selling. damn it. <laughs> so anyway, right. we're, we're, I'm sitting there. Hey, my motorcycle broke down. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> But wait, I'm borrowing my dad's motorcycle. I'm on my way. At <laughs> oh. 45 minutes after the agreed upon time, mm. the dude shows up with another dude, like Ponch and John on motorcycles. Yeah. And we make the transaction. <gasps> it really happened? 45 bucks, handed him the, uh, the box. He goes, this isn't going to fit in my backpack, is it? I'm like, nope. I go, but if you want me to keep the box, you can fold the part over. And he goes, Okay. Oh, so it's I kept flexible. That's a hint. It's yeah. flexible. And it was 30 inches long. Yeah. There's a lot of jokes I can make, <laughs> but I won't. So, huh. okay. So here's, that was one Craigslist thing, because obviously I'm selling stuff, right? Yeah. So I have a- I oh, have, Wait, wait, wait. I want you to save the next Craigslist story for after right. uh, starting the show. Well, then I guess we should say thanks to uh, Nissan for never letting us down. Yeah. Never making us wait. Uh, Nissan, our presenting sponsor, if you're in the market for a half-ton truck, check out the Titan or Titan XD. You with... don't need to wade through the cesspool that is Craigslist to get a new Nissan. No, you go right down to your professional Nissan dealer. Yeah, or mm-hmm. NissanUSA.com. That's right. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, best in the business, and uh, you'll get to uh, enjoy that 5.6-liter endurance V8. Oh, that sounds so good. If you had to choose, you could only have the zero-gravity seats yeah. or the exhaust note, yeah. which would it be? i take the seats. Because in my youth, I was yeah. all about the exhaust note. Yeah. Now, if I'm driving a long distance, my back hurts. I'm I taking the right. seats. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, the seats rock. But man, the exhaust. It does sound good. Yeah. Yeah. Can't really uh, can't really argue Okay, that. okay, okay. I got it. The all zero right. gravity seats or yeah. the Fender audio? Mm, I'm going zero gravity seats. Yeah, seats. Because <laughs> I can always put a Bluetooth speaker in the middle of the dash and beam it from my iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Also, we could not do the show without Decked. They make a phenomenal storage box. Now, uh, the term box maybe is an oversimplification, but they are sliding drawers on beautifully buttery smooth Texas ball bearings. Uh, Funny thing about that, Mm. I had a meeting today. With? uh, With Decked. Okay. (laughs) And uh, that thing we're talking about? Uh, Summertime. The the cross box? I don't know if we can talk about that yet. Oh, yeah, because it was at SEMA. Yeah. No, but the thing we're doing around that thing. Oh, that looks like it's going to happen summertime. Oh, it is. So we'll have more to talk about uh, until Oh, then. hot damn. By the way, I was looking at the Decked YouTube channel. The one that we're on? Yeah. That uh, one? What were we at? Like 50 views or something? Uh, I think like 70. 156. We doubled oh, it. Oh, <laughs> freshy fresh. Yeah, go on. So uh, if you want to see us two chuckleheads get interviewed by uh, Greg from Decked, head over to uh, YouTube to the Decked channel and uh, check out the uh, video under the uh, playlist entitled Decked Live. Hot dogs and mini trucks, and you'll see a uh, about, I don't know, an hour or so with you and I? You know, I don't think we sucked as hard as we could have. I think editing has a lot to do with that. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's different doing video. And by the way, to all of our listeners, mm-hmm. okay, so we posted on Facebook and said, hey, go check us out. Deck did this interview. The amount of people who responded, please don't do a video podcast, we love you as audio, was amazing. <laughs> like, guys, we're not changing it up. This was, we're just, we're dabbling in these other things. We're not going to give up the audio podcast. Because oh, they saw us for the first time and they're like, dude, 
You guys, ooh, ouch. <laughs> no, no. Cover more no. of your face with hair. No, well, I, I've. <laughs> You're trying. I'm trying. <laughs> have you noticed, like, the flare? Yeah. Dude, look how. Is that what it's called? I, uh, it's I coming mean, out to the left side. Right? No, no, no. It's uh, hashtag jowl flare. Oh, jowl yeah, flare. Yeah, jowl flare. Uh, Dude, it's wild. I wake up in the morning. In 10 years, you're Santa. Yeah. When it's all gray? Yeah. You're straight Santa. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I woke up and uh, I went to the mirror. Yeah. And I went, did the Did the mirror cowl? Uh, I did. <laughs> I did. We, you, know, you know what it is? It's like when you and somebody who lives in your house walk around a blind corner and meet at the same time and you, oh. and you both jump back? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. The mirror did that? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Anyway, thank you very much to Decked. If you guys need a storage solution for your uh, mid-size, full-size truck or van, hit up Decked.com. On that note, let's start the show! The Truck Show. We're gonna show you what we know. We're gonna answer what the truck Cause truck rides with the truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Ooh. Synchronize yourself I just, with him. I did that because I forgot to sing. Yeah. I was watching you on that one. I felt like I did had you to. Did you feel uh, left out? Yeah, I did. I actually yeah. felt like I needed to provide something to the uh, beginning of the show. Holman, tell me more about your Craigslist experience. Um, do you want the second story? Alice wants the second story. Yeah. Okay, so I had a, a, a pair of tires in my garage that had mm-hmm. been sitting there for three years. Not a set, a pair. A pair. Not okay. four. All just, right. Just, just two. two. They've been sitting there. They're going to be used on a project. They didn't get used, and they've just been in the corner. On a motorcycle? Why would there be a motorcycle? Two tires. Or staggered fitment. Oh, yeah, staggered fitment. Okay, sure. Anyway, so long story short, uh, put the tires up, you know, trying to clear out the garage. Uh, This dude, you know, talks me down about, you know, uh, I don't know, probably like 25%. -hmm. I'm like, all right, yeah, dude, whatever. Like, you're getting a killer deal. But they're old. Yeah, I know they're old. That's why they're as cheap as they are. Well, they're, what's they're the full, full tread or no? Yeah, brand new. Oh. Stickers on them and everything. Okay. But they've been stored indoors, out of the UV, in the corner, never been mounted. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just there. Any spider webs inside? Yes. Okay. I told him you could keep the Black Widows, okay. so I did not even pull those out. Okay. Brand new, never used. Talks me down. I'm like, sure, whatever. And it's kind of a unique fitment. And at, at, the, at the end of this whole Craigslist experience, are you just a beaten man? Not yet. Okay. I still have three more things <laughs> I have to sell on there right okay, now. Okay, good. All right. So I, I, I come up to a price. Yeah. Tell the kid this is what, and he goes, okay, I'll take all four. I'm like, there's not four, bro, dude. Bro, there, two. There's two. Yeah. He goes, why are you only selling two? I'm like, it doesn't matter why. It's I am. You'll appreciate this because you know what he rolls up in? Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. Well, can you give me some hint? Are they off-road tires? I, they are not, and I can okay. I can give you two hints. Okay, so So he... his buddy shows up in a Tacoma Okay. because the tires won't fit in his car. He doesn't want them in his car. And it's a young dude. He's probably early 20s. Okay. Driving a ridiculous car for his age. Oh, okay. Then it's a uh, it's like a Mercedes CL or something. Mercedes S Class with that stupid air suspension we always talk about. <laughs> and he had gotten it for a deal because the air suspension was broken. Yeah. And he had been because I think it's the accumulators that go bad, right? Correct. And so he had been scavenging like high end German junkyards and pulling off the parts and cobbled together a new system out of used parts and ended up getting you know a hundred thousand dollar car for like. You know, fifteen grand, and then fixed it. Him and his dad, 
fixed it in the garage for like I, I a will grand. tell you that you know I follow some YouTubers on there street legal mm-hmm. le- or street what is it legit street cars I think Chris I can't remember what his name well, is Well if you're going to go on a date you should know his le- name Legit street cars Okay but he is into Mercedes he was a Mercedes mechanic in uh in Chicago You seem to uh, put and a I, lot of those in your universe I just like these dudes that uh they're great at educating He's like the He's the young Gail Banks of Mercedes, if okay. there is such a thing, right. right? And he's a guy who will who will scavenge parts yep. from all over the place and rebuild, take a really expensive car that's lost all of its value because of the right. trinkets that made it yep. expensive all died. Yeah, all died, and yeah. then try and rebuild Tavares is another good one, which yeah. we're going to have on the show shortly. He's another guy who'll take a Lamborghini, just beat why, up Why are we having up. him on the show? Oh, because he has got two really great truck projects. What one, are they? One of which is an OBS we'll be talking about. Oh, interesting. Yeah, great Ford. All right. Anyway, I just I I watch these build shows. They're fascinating. So you're the uh, you're the guy that loves all the build shows. I do. I, I can't get enough of them. Dude, I, watch, the... I, I watch I watch Tavarsh. Yeah. I watch B is for build. Yeah. I watch uh, like I said, street legal or st- how about roadkill cars? I love roadkill. Do it every day. Oh my god. My thing is, I want there to be a payoff at the end. I don't. That's no? the weird part. Like I started watching legit street cars because. I just love, and I don't own any of the cars that he's building. Well, that's part of it, right? And I just, uh, no, I love the way he, he'll he'll go fix a transmission and go, this car is worth, like if this car was new, it's 90 grand. I just bought it for 4,000 because that has a broken transmission that would cost you 20 grand to fix. I'm going to fix it for $1,000. But he has that knowledge to do and, it. Though. But So I'm like, I want to see what yeah. he does. And sure enough, he goes on. And then and, he, does he flip it for the next one? Uh, he doesn't flip them. Hmm. No, nah, he's got a giant stable of cars, kind of like Tavares. He's got like 30 cars now. Hmm. So to put a button on it, uh, I love build shows. What about Craigslist? <laughs> I just, I. it's funny where it's like, uh, I go to sell these tires and two cars show up and six people get out. And I'm like, why do you all need to be here? They don't trust you. you think it's I'm, one, be a, I'm one dude. It's going to be a robbery. No, it's like I'm thinking it's going to be a robbery. They think it's going to be a robbery. That's why I hate Craigslist. People are shady on Craigslist. Dude, okay, so I had an old bike rack, right? And I'm yeah, like, what's the alternative to Craigslist, though? I mean, eBay? That's probably no. safer, but you got to do shipping and stuff. Yeah, everything's from China maybe, these maybe days Maybe on eBay. Nextdoor or something? No, that's not true. There's people selling stuff on, on eBay. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. Here, here's the thing, though. Is I had this other guy. I have offer up, by the way. I have a no sucks. Sucks. There's not enough people on offer up. No. Oh, you know what everyone's using right now? I'm sorry, we're going crazy on this Facebook Marketplace. I have in yeah, the last six weeks met there you go two or three people that have made significant purchases on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, I'll try that. So. Uh, Thank God Stephen Watson has not been on hold this time. No, because like, he would not like this. <laughs> no, he's like, what is this Craigslist well, talk? I think he uh, doesn't get cell service where his house is. Okay. And he had to go down a dirt road to a hill for us to call him. So wait a minute, he's been waiting this whole time? I think so. <laughs> oh no, why did you tell me? <laughs> we should probably call him. All right, Stephen Watson, Off-Road Design. Lightning and Holman. What is up, Mr. Stephen Watson? How you doing? Good. How are you guys? We're outstanding. Wait, word on the street is that you're a listener to this silly little podcast. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. All right, don't move. And you know that we've got to play an intro. Hang tight. What does it take to be an entrepreneur? What does it take to be an entrepreneur? Quit your job and get alone. And don't let anyone. Tell you you can. Go into debt and don't look back. Don't worry, there will always be another crappy 
So because you're an entrepreneur, Stephen. Yeah, I was kind of wondering which one I would get. I thought <laughs> I might get, get to talk about the parts counter and the... Uh, the innovator motorator and we argued actually so yeah we had a pretty constructive debate but we thought that <laughs> we rochambeaued for it we we did well an entrepreneur says more about you as a person like you built a company so you're all those things wrapped up into one you you innovated you you do sell parts but really i think an entrepreneur is kind of the top of the heap at least that's where we settled yeah right <laughs> i'm standing well, by it well we can run with that to take us back into off-road design you own the company now. Uh, where did you start? You know how this thing goes. Like, if you're familiar with the show, yeah. you know we need the backstory. It kind of builds the credibility for all our listeners that aren't familiar with off-road design. Yeah, so you're really not interested in my mini truck roots yet? Hell yeah, uh, well, we yeah. are. That was, I, I, was looking at, I was looking at my man Lightning here going, we just talked about the mini trucks. How are you? We need to go back further in time. I go all yeah, the way we, we should start, start back to the beginning. Actually, when the lava was cooling... The- yeah. <laughs> We're going back. <laughs> so the other one is, uh, strangely enough, I, I actually cut teeth on my dad's CJ5. Meaning you bashed so, your head into the, uh, the dashboard? No, the steering or? wheel. Oh, the steering wheel? <laughs> yeah. Oh, steering wheel. Cutting teeth. Uh, he actually tells a story. He used to pull uh, little trailers with this thing on the farm, and uh, apparently he thought when I was three that I could keep it on the road good enough that he could work beside it while it was idling, pulling irrigation pipe. I, I guess I wasn't that good. But anyway, <laughs> that I think that was probably the first thing I got to drive. My parents are from the Oklahoma Panhandle on a farm there. My, my dad ended up working for my grandpa there. And uh, my grandpa actually started buying Toyota trucks in the 70s. And my, my dad and I talked about it somewhere around like 71, 72 yeah, so, way ahead of the curve. There. Way ahead yeah. of the curve. Why Toyota Farm trucks? Country, yeah. Economical little trucks. And he figured out he didn't need to haul big pickup loads. He had tractors to move big stuff. So he got these little economical trucks that ran around and got good mileage and hauled everything that he needed to haul. And he ran them on the farm until he shut it down, until he retired. We ended up with one of those trucks in Colorado that my dad drove for years as a little work truck and actually dropped a tree on it one time and uh, got to high lift jack the the roof back into shape to get it home but yeah so we we ended up playing around we had the mini trucks we had the uh the family of four in the mini truck making the trip back to oklahoma to visit the family after we moved to colorado was it slammed like was it on bags or what no these are these are working little trucks so okay. the uh you know on the farm they i mean were, they were slammed they were totally with four people trucks. in them they were slammed with, yeah. Well, we were little guys, but still, I think about that now. It's like, who who does that? Yeah, if you look at the so, space and how small it is, you know, every once in a while we'll go to like a car show or something, and you'll see an old Toyota pickup truck with the uh, with the extra cab, and you'll walk by, and you'll be like, kids used to ride back there. We did. I did. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, wow. I was always we, in the little seat in the back. Well, for me, yeah, I always our, chose the pickup bed, because I didn't want to sit in the back in the jump seats of the, of the Toyota. So if we had friends, I'd always hop in the pickup bed because I like being back there, more room. We had a single cab. <laughs> so <laughs> the the, uh, the truck that we ended up bringing to Colorado, it was, it was kind of cool. We had a propane conversion on it, but would also run on, on gas. So you could run it on either gasoline or propane. But uh, after the tree was felled on it, the bed was pretty smashed. So my dad built a flatbed for it. 
and just used it as his little work truck for years. Thing just went forever and ever and hauled everything, got good mileage, and it was a crazy little thing, but we had those roots. It it must have been ugly as sin, though, because it was all bashed up. I mean, you... Either you that had or looked use, awesome with the You had to use bag. a high lift jack to. <laughs> did you put it in like the the on the seat and then push upwards to undent? I push the dent out of the of the roof. Like what did you? He actually do? washed it in WD forty. <laughs> did he? Yeah. It had a uh, it had a limb crush the back of the cab and pop the window out, and so I, I guess he put the high lift in the back window up against the what was left of the bed and pushed the cab up until he could get in it to drive it and he fixed it pretty well because the doors shut and everything worked and we just kept using it so and that wasn't that wasn't the only uh mini truck my notes here say that you had a high school buddy who had a two-wheel drive nissan hard body and then you had oh, a, yeah. a 92 wheel drive toyota extra cab dubbed the red rocket that you used to daily yeah the hard body was uh 84 ish that one of my buddies bought relatively new i mean this was 89 ish when he started driving that once again, economical little truck, not a little out of place in Colorado, but we rallied the heck out of that two-wheel drive little truck. And the cool thing was, you know, three or four high school guys in it, if we got it stuck, you just picked it up and moved it and drove it out. <laughs> so, or pushed it until it go, you know, goes and it, it worked great. Yeah, so he ran that thing, you know, through, you know, we were all the way through college before he sold it. Oh, at some point, my dad bought a that 90 extended cab two-wheel drive truck as another daily driver and, you know, just haul little stuff around. And we, we ended up putting a, uh, a little cam in it, and then uh, we put a locker in it. We put a, a lock ride, I think, a, a lunchbox. And the thing got around great in the snow. It was amazing how good that did in the snow. And really throws the neighbors off when you uh, chain up one tire when you have to drive home. <laughs> <laughs> then you come come down the road and you see them with one chain on and it doesn't work the same. Not but, so much. Nope. nope. For being the full-size guy, we've actually had some mini trucks in the background. And like you say, we when we moved to Colorado, my dad had bought a, a 74 CJ5 brand new. And, uh, and we brought that up to Colorado. And like most Jeep things... When two-door Jeeps were the only things that there were, the family grew, family didn't fit, and we ended up with a Blazer. So they, I think, 77, they bought a, a two-door, or a, you know, it was a, a 74 full convertible Blazer, and that was our, our first Blazer. And they've had that for a few years and bought a, an 82 and 83, and that's the, the Blazer I still have. So that was the uh, the gateway drug into uh, off-road design. Yeah, little did we know when it was driving me back and forth to school, but uh, but I started driving that when I got old enough to drive and then drove it through college. And we the very first thing we did is it had a 6.2 diesel, and that was getting tired. You know, it was 220,000 That was tired the uh, day it came out, though. Sure. <laughs> it was, Could have put a turbo kit on that thing, though. <laughs> Well, strangely, we actually went through all of that. I remember going through all of the math and writing everything down, how much that would cost. And it, the turbo kit was just expensive enough that a 383 that made more horsepowers sounded really appealing to a high school kid. So that's what I ended up with. But we, we really did because I know Banks 
you know, we can buy a Banks Turbo through the, the local dealership. And that's one of the things that we considered to, to do to it. And like I say, the high school kid definitely won on that one with the 383. So, yeah, we did that and then promptly re put another transmission in it and uh, ran it. I drove that through college and there I, I had a buddy with a, that had bought an FJ40 that had, it was like the super four-wheeler for us at the time. It had lockers in both ends and had the four-speed tranny and the three-speed transfer case, so it had lower gears. Dang. And, oh, yeah, and 33-inch swampers. That was unstoppable for my little crowd. So he kind of got me into four-wheeling more on kind of the recreational side because we'd always just – I mean, I had to four wheel to go home in the, you know, in the snow. So it was a much more utilitarian four wheeling. And then we got into more recreational stuff and did a, uh, a spring break trip through Moab one time, actually with my brother's S10 and drove it up on lion's back, which was kind of cool. Which to you can't even do anymore. Now, right. Why, why is it yeah, closed or what? Yeah, it's been closed for years. That was one of the uh, the quintessential Moab experiences was being able to drive up Lions Back. And I'll tell you, even I never had a chance to drive up Lions Back before it was closed. Why did they close it? Uh, somebody, it's on private property. Ah, uh, yeah. So they they shut it they shut it down. So that sucks. So this whole time yep. you're going to school for mechanical engineering. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I was in the ME program and. I spread out a little bit there. I did some agricultural engineering classes, had a history minor, you know, kind of took my time with it. But yeah, I ended up doing the, the ME degree and along the way started four-wheeling more and actually came up with a, an idea for a sway bar disconnect for my blazer because that was about the time that people were really starting to figure suspensions out and disconnecting bars and things were about to get really floppy in the suspension world right then. And I, uh, I had some opportunities to look at some power plant control jobs. And it was Houston, Philadelphia, and Chicago were the places I was going to be sent. And I thought, no, that's, that's not for me. And I had a friend, kind of a mentor guy, um, I guess at this point, uh, Chris Overacker, who had started Mountain Off-Road Enterprises, who does a a company does a lot of aftermarket Jeep stuff. They were doing shackle reversals and um, a lot of the cool suspension stuff of the day. And I was welding up bracketry for him for, for mountain off road and kind of looked at that and thought, well, he's doing this mail order parts thing. Maybe I can just do that too. So I uh, started putting things together, got the trade name and then, the kickstart was he he took me on a photo shoot with ed fortson who was writing for peterson's and four by four power at the time so i met ed who had chevy truck projects going and then we stopped by a four-wheel drive shop down in grand junction and jim allen who was writing for four-wheeler and had a, a blazer project at the time stops in you know i have a set of sway bar disconnects in my backpack with me and i show these guys and all of a sudden and we're working with these guys on, well, I, at that point, I'm working with these guys on on their projects and any part that I could come up with, they were just eaten up because the, it was such a big market that nobody was really doing anything cool with. The power so, of the uh, magazine guy back in the day. And I can't tell you, even in my career, oh. 
How many times sitting at a buddy's shop, somebody walked in and that relationship turned into something else? Well, it's weird, Stephen. That's not the first time we've heard that uh, someone like you walked up to a magazine guy with a backpack full of parts. <laughs> no, it's some. I can't remember who else it was, but he's like, yeah, I found a magazine editor and I knew where he was going to be and I found him and, and I opened him my backpack and showed him the part. And he's like, wow, that'll solve this issue. Let's write about it. And that was kind of, is that what happened for you? Pretty much. I mean, Ed and I worked well together, like from the very start, getting just getting pictures of, of Chris's Jeep when we were doing that photo shoot. And we just worked well together. It was easy. And he was doing a Chevy truck project, looking for content. At the time, uh, I had no need for anything other than gas and tires. I was living in my parents' basement. My dad had had a fab shop the whole time that I was growing up. So we had a garage full of fabrication tools. He actually wasn't working a fab job at the time. So I kind of had the the garage full of, of fab stuff to myself. And all I wanted was gas and tires. Yeah. I, and I got lucky for three years. I didn't need a paycheck and I just had fun doing it. And gas and tires was always after. So if those guys were doing a, an article and needed a winch anchor, you know, to test something out. I'd drive down there and go four-wheeling with them and, and test stuff out. Wasn't even, maybe not even related to anything I was doing. It was just fun to do. Just an excuse to yeah. get out on the trail. Well, it sounds like a T-shirt. Yeah. All I need is gas and tires. <laughs> that, I, like I like that. I like that, you, too. You might be onto something. <laughs> <laughs> the disconnect was the first part that you made? That was it. That was the, the first part. So the magazine article comes out, and now I'm scrambling trying to figure out how to build these things better faster cheaper more efficiently i remember at one point i was going on a on a family fishing trip the end of i think the very first summer i think they're in 97 right after i started and i had to build and ship i think it was 30 sets of sway bar disconnects to get everything caught up and be completely caught up before i left and that was a a pretty huge deal but it was all built in the garage. I took the phone out and put it on the welding bench. And I don't know how many times I'd pick up the stinger, flip down the hood, and the phone rings. And so I go talk on the phone, take orders, go back out, put on the hood, pick up the stinger, flip it down, and the phone rings. Just the way that things worked out. I ended up welding things up at night. And the, the phone was in my bedroom. I remember talking to a guy in, from Guam at 2 in the morning because he couldn't figure out the time difference. <laughs> and called several times, you know, to wake me up and I'd ignore it. And then finally, like the third night in a row, I got up and answered the phone and he was ordering a set of sway bar disconnects. Of all the places, Guam is the uh, comedy trigger country though, right? I mean, is it, where are you calling from? Guam. Guam. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not a, Guam is not a yeah. real place, right? <laughs> so one super cool story about the, the sway bar disconnects and, and I guess the company overall that kind of sets the tone for the way that we try to think about everything is the very first sale that I actually made was on the trail at the top of Gold Bar Rim during the Jeep Safari. Do you still have that dollar today? I could make something up about that. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was really cool. That was you know, what was up the there price? Was it was it a barter? Oh, or did you trade something, or was it actual cash money? No, the guy whipped out cash money. I think it was oh eighty bucks, something like that, is what they were then seventy nine. It's a couple of takes um, of gas back in the day. Yeah, we're 
up there. I was stopped with one group. Another group drives up, and I'm looking at this guy's blazer, and he's looking at mine, and it's like, hey, you still have your sway bar hooked up. You should unbolt that and try it on the way back down, and I have this cool disconnect, so, you, you know, you, you could look me up and, you know, and order one up. He's like, well, can I have those? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Here you go, sale number one. We have a lot of listeners that are uh, old magazine uh you know, readers, and so they would recognize. No, they're, oh, they're old, or they're long time. Long How about time, that? okay. Well, they might also be old, um, <laughs> yeah. but they'll they'll recognize Offroad Design uh, ORD for always having these really amazing rigs, Peterson's four wheel and off road, and uh, kind of the full size guys. How did it seems like are they always the guy in a rig that is in the air? Because all the pictures, there's something like it's either the front wheels off the ground or all four wheels are off the ground in every picture I see. Well, Stephen built a hovering kit. Oh, I uh, see. Yeah, okay, yeah, got for, it. For square body Chevys. It's the only hovering kit on the market. Uh, how did the how did the magazines impact the business back then? Because you became a, a fairly regular advertiser, a friend of the staff, uh, went on a lot of the adventures like UA Ultimate Adventure, and and really ORD was as important to the magazine as say maybe a Dynatrack back in the day. I mean those are when I think back at you know some of these the the advertisers especially like through the 90s and early 2000s it's like Dynatrack, Warren, Offroad Design and there's these amazing companies that are still around today. Just kind of curious how that relationship helped you. Well, first that's pretty cool to be mentioned that that sentence to have Dynatrack and Warren and us all in the same sentence. I'm pretty flattered to hear that so i thank you for that but the uh i really you know the magazines i don't know they've always had obviously the the pulse on the market you know for so long they were the only media and i i think right now one of the things they're really fighting for is to really maintain the expert status and i think that's uh something that's sorely lacking in the media world today but that's a whole different subject no no but it's not a different subject we, no. we, that is something <laughs> we could go off on that we could go off because because yeah. <laughs> everybody can self-publish so whether it's a podcast right whether it's an article or a blog whether it's a video on youtube you know it's funny you'll you'll watch a lot of these people who go and they self-publish and profess uh to be an expert or maybe show you the way they learned it but it's wrong and you may go, wow, this video has a million views, and then you see 900,000 of them are thumbs down with people going, no, you can't do it that way. <laughs> no, I, I find what's worse is the guys that have a lot of likes, and they have, a, they have millions of views, and they're giving out bogus information. And nobody's or, calling them out. Or it's, it's, it's 90% right and 10% wrong, yeah. and they're, they're teaching people because – that's how people learn now. They go on YouTube and they learn how to use quick disconnects or they learn how to do plumbing like I did. Like whatever it is, that's how they're learning. And if, if the guy had shown me the wrong way to solder copper, like- Let's be honest. The I guy would, that showed you the right way was video number three. It's possible. It's possible. But so <laughs> to me, that's always what the magazines had is they had people that were right. plugged into so many other experts in the industry- that you were only a phone call away from being able to share that expertise, or you had done yeah. it, you lived it. You know, we like to say stories don't happen from behind our desks. Like you have to be out in the world doing it to be able to create that content and, and knowing people and having your subject matter experts that you can call on a minute's notice to finish out an article or to to ask a answer a question. Any of that is w- was part of the deal. And I always felt like you know, magazines, even in today of of declining magazines, the experts in a lot of ways still live there. 
Um, but they're fighting for views because media is so fragmented. There's so many different outlets now. Well, yeah, they're. I mean, look, they're on they're on YouTube, and you've got guys who are enthusiasts that are profess professing to be experts, and they've got massive audiences, um, and people believe them because they say they're an expert or they just act like an expert, and they may be wrong often, but they they yeah, end up they end up becoming an expert just through osmosis, like they just. Or through repetition, right? Well, you repeat something enough times, and even you start believing it eventually. And and that's really on the consumer side. What that brings up is that people have to be really careful with their uh, their BS filters and run everything through it. And it's something that that I've always, you know, I, I feel my spidey sense tingling when I start reading a lot of stuff. It's like, wait a minute, this just you know, this doesn't feel right. And it's something that everybody has to try to cultivate now and, you know, cross-reference all this stuff. And one of the things that I feel, you know, to take it back to magazine land, to start with, they were they were the experts. And they really were. I mean, one of the, the stories, one of the products we came out with as a commercial product early on was a shackle flip kit. So the back end of the, the Chevy trucks and, and a lot of the other domestic stuff has a tension shackle so the spring is on the the top of the shackle in the uh the way that it's attached to the frame from the factory and uh once again you know an influence from my buddy chris overacker he had built a home built or his professional shop built in this case uh shackle flip early probably before i'd even started thinking about any of this and i saw it and thought wow that's kind of a cool idea and I'm reading through uh, a Peterson's somewhere in 98, probably. And Freiberger in his editorial says, why doesn't somebody build a shackle flip? Where are all these ideas? All these ideas are out there. People get them going, you know, get this stuff done. And I looked at that and said, well, Freiberger says build shackle flips. And I started building shackle flips. <laughs> and, and it worked. Well I mean, done. They, well, it, now Freiberger yeah. says build jalopies, and everybody's doing that, right. too. Sure is. Everybody's doing oh that. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know, that was the, that was the I guess, the That the needs to be a T-shirt, by the expertise. way. Freiberger told me so. Freiberg, or, oh, or yeah. Freiberger, Freiberger told me. Freiberger said. Yeah. <laughs> told me to do it. <laughs> and... It was uh, it was an easy source for for experts. It's a great way, you know. If we are vetted into that world, I really felt like and still do that that people can trust that, you know, that editorial is is actual editorial. Um, so that was uh, that was always huge. You know, there's value there in the, in actually being experts, and that went on through the the ultimate adventures. One of the reasons why we're getting ready for ultimate adventure number 15 for us is that, you know, in addition to just being fun, it's a way to show that we, we do this. We're not a company that, you know, sits around and designs widgets and Hey, that thing would be cool or we can build this cheap. So we should do it and sell it. You know, we, we actually solve problems and we, we use the vehicle. We find out something that needs to happen and we make it better. Uh, if we, <laughs> There's a lot of things that I look at and I kind of have to tell people gently that there's a reason why we didn't build that product. It's because it's not the right thing. And we can help you try to fix your truck 
after you've done that. Um, you <laughs> well, know, it, you know, I have a question for you. So, Stephen, what is your opinion huh? of the companies that um, they're they're bigger companies that have a race to market mentality? Like we are going to whatever the vehicle is, the day we can get the first unit off the production line, we're going to start making parts for it, regardless of failure rate, regardless of this is the weak link, we need to fix it. They're just going to make everything they can for it. That's a very different approach than what you take, which is I'm going to go break stuff or find out what the weak <laughs> links are and solve those problems. You're not interested yeah. in just filling a market full of parts. No, I... I really appreciate the speed to market for uh, from the technical side for what a lot of people can get done these days. And there's all levels of four wheeling. There's guys that are, are totally happy having mall crawler level stuff on their vehicle. Jay and, Tillis. <laughs> Jay, Jay <laughs> sitting across from me. <laughs> yeah, I'm right, right here. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I must have been. <laughs> I was allergic to something. Uh, I'm, I am yeah, perfectly there's... comfortable with the critique. <laughs> However, I do enjoy the real off-road vehicle as well. So you can like both. Yeah, yeah and as long as you kind of Why, understand Wait, hold on, hold on, Stephen. <laughs> Holman's over here ro rolling his freaking eyes. Why can't you like both? I, I don't think you can like both. Why? I think you can appreciate both, but you're either in one camp or the there other. There you go. That's, no, you're wrong. <laughs> You're straight up wrong. Uh, okay, then it, uh, how it, if it I look good and work good? If I have no, if no, no, it no. just looks good and doesn't work good, it isn't good. My whole point. I told Lightning before he sold his big old rock crusher, mm -hmm. we should take it off road. He's like, nope, I don't want to break it. <laughs> That's I need, the point. I need, well, I needed to sell it for max dollars. Is what I needed to do. I didn't want to break it. But look, if I won the lottery, like, I can go to Daytona Truck Meet. And see all the crazy flossed out trucks and yep. be like, I get it. That's cool. And I want all of them. And that's, you know, right on. But yeah. I'm never going to do that to my own truck. So it's not my stuff. Can't, I can appreciate it and like it, but I'm never going to do that. Why? Can, if I won the lottery, uh -huh. I would buy the most capable uh -huh. rock crawler I could get my hands on. And I'd also buy the craziest would it be flossed a pair, out pair truck on 30s. I, I, why, I don't know why I can't like both. You just don't believe no, that I, I want both. I, no, I don't. Dude, this is, my, this is why I host a freaking podcast, because I love it all. He yeah. is putting up with a lot of <laughs> to do this. You should give him some credit. Well, come on now. <laughs> all right. I've been coming in here and hanging out with you for almost two years doing this oh, stuff. More than two I years. I know, but it's because I love... All things truck. I feel I like really I do. should get a clap for hanging out with you for so long. You're not getting squat. As I was getting ready to drive down here to do this podcast, I actually had the thought as I said bye to my wife and drove on down the road that she's probably going to ask me how this went when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> and I had the thought I could just tell her right now it's going to be a train wreck. Wow. And chances are so I'm going to be you right. Do listen. <laughs> this is not a train wreck. It's a derailment. Yeah, but it's not yeah. a wreck. But it's a derailment in a school zone. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people just stop. They point at us. Yeah, right. Yeah, from afar. Uh -huh. All right, all right. Your line takes off when? At what point do you go? I've got something here. Uh, this is all pre-internet. Now the internet starts, and you say, "Hey, I can sell lots of things to lots of people." Or how does that unfold? Everything started unrolling, rolling out for a website really early. I don't remember exactly when, but like 98, 99, you know, we're 
we're starting to work on a website. Mm-hmm. AOL, AOL Earthlink. What do you host it on? <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, somewhere in there, may, maybe maybe the end of '98. When the so, little man walked across the screen slowly. Uh, like, oh yeah. <laughs> and you hear the '98. Mom, I'm on the phone. '98 was Earthlink, right? Netscape, all that oh, stuff. Oh, Netscape. Back then, I, had, yeah. I had both of those, by the yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. Very fledgling forums. CompuServe. You know that was. What was the yep, one that had early. just the, the message boards? Was it Prodigy or? Oh yeah, Prodigy. one of them just had their bulletin boards. It was like the early, early forums, but you would like post an electronic note. I don't know. I'm trying to erase that from my yeah. memory. <laughs> right? Yeah, we, we we don't need to remember that. But yeah, the, and that was something else we got in, involved with some forums early on, pretty heavily, and and that's a another great way. They're they're online four wheel drive clubs, and. They're great ways to interact with a bunch of guys. You get to actually see, well, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here with both of you, especially Lightning. That's, you know, that's what the Facebook groups are now. And I don't know. I don't like the decline of the forums, but it is what it is. But that was uh, was a great way to get to look, know people, to learn stuff, figure out what they're looking for. You know, explain your stuff and go four-wheeling with people also. You know, do some of these club runs, that kind of thing. I have a feeling, Stephen, that uh, Facebook is going to do more with their groups and they're going to make it more searchable. And you're going to be able to search by topic, things like that. They're slowly rolling out features that will allow you to do that. You can highlight features. You can tag things. And they're understanding that Facebook groups may be a huge part of of their future. So I, I, like you, Mm -hmm. hope that it becomes more searchable you can find certain people that are outspoken in certain areas or experts, and they'll rise well, to the top the way they get in forums. So I don't know if if so. I moderated forums back before the magazine world, and I did a uh, automotive, a couple of automotive forums where I, where I was moderator, and it was different back then. I mean, obviously you saw the loudmouths, you had the trolls, and all that kind of stuff. But but today, I feel like most of the talking is done by a few people on the forums. There's only a couple that I go to that I trust the advice. On groups or on forums? On forums. That's true. And on groups, Mm -hmm. I I feel like sometimes there's a pile-on mentality in the group, and if you don't flow with what the... There's not a lot of discourse. It's sort of like out being out in the world right now. If you disagree with somebody's point of view, it becomes personal and your mom wears combat boots in like three posts or or less. I've found, surprisingly, people that I have have met and, and started conversations and friendships with lately have been over Instagram, which is interesting because I feel like you can cherry pick those experts and those people that you want to have a more personal connection with rather than all the noise that maybe comes in a forum or a Facebook group. Different tool, different trade. I don't, I don't see that. I think um, Facebook is a lot more interactive. It is in-depth. It's longer form. Instagram is just a photo. And if you uh, are inspired by a part on a vehicle, you may be, you may or may not be able to get a hold of that person. Where on Facebook, you will. On Facebook, if if someone parts, you know, posts a, 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 a cross member, a linkage, whatever, and you're like, hey, who makes that? Who? How does that? How does that bolt up? The guy will answer you. Instagram, not so much. Instagram is just unidirectional. Hmm. Yes, you're going to comment. I, I don't on know. It. I disagree with that. Yeah, I, well, I, I've, I've had a lot of back and forth in conversations. I think they're more succinct on Instagram, but I don't think. 
people ignore you. I don't know. It's just I'm not saying they ignore you, yeah. but it, it's just a different medium. It's I miss just it, hanging out with my friends on the side of a trail talking about it without everybody else in the world involved. I'm saying that well, it'll happen after COVID, you know. People are people are getting ready for that. My last question was Stephen is is what was the the bank of products that you launched with? Like what did you go like what what was the moment at which you said, I've got a company here and this is my what I'm I have going more to than be. a product. I have yes. a company now. Right. That was I don't know, somewhere in 98, it became obvious that I couldn't build everything that we were selling and sell it. And I say we because it was like me and my dog. Um, so my dad was working for a construction company and was interested in doing something else. And so we we actually partnered up in the business. And so I had somebody else that could handle getting stuff built while I handled selling stuff and that worked out great i mean i still work with him actually my mom's part of the business also we work together every day that was probably one of those points and it it's hard to i don't know it's hard to put a, a finger on moments like that because on one hand you feel like you're just scrapping the whole time you know and when is this actually going to be something that that's sustainable and that i can really trust and that I really know that I'm going to have a good paycheck. It's all, it always felt kind of fragile. And actually the sad thing is when we quit racing our ultra four car and actually figured out what profit was in the business, that's when things started feeling a little more secure, but geez, that was 18 years in or something like that. No, wait, explain no, that. Wait, explain what, 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 why did you feel that it was fragile? And that was the, the point. How much were we spending on the ultra four car? Well, like racing, you just spend all of it. Yeah, you, you know how you make a million dollars racing. <laughs> you start with two how, million. How much did you yeah. spend? Everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and it, you know, we were doing okay. I mean, we grew the business, bought machinery, you know, and did everything. But we, uh, and I, I don't know, it, it just never felt really comfortable. There was always a feeling of, well, geez, if this doesn't work out, if that doesn't work out, you know, now I've got, you know, three, four guys, you know, then it's six, eight, 10 guys. Um, you know, there's all of a sudden now there's families depending on us. And, you know, I, I really feel like now we, the last few years, it's like, okay, we're here. We're finally, we can do this. You've arrived. And that's probably, right. yeah. You know, it's probably way late. I'm sure we were quote there and, you know, could, we're sure we could do this way earlier. I guess that feeling of, being on the edge is one of the things I kind of think about is if, if you're not going uphill, there's a chance you're going downhill. The easiest way to know that you're not going down is just to go up. So just to stay growing and keep doing more is, uh, is, I guess it's that growth philosophy. It's just an easy way to look at things and make sure that you're going the correct direction. Let's talk about your thoughts on the trickle down effect on racing technology and how it shaped your business for the everyday wheeler. Overall, it's huge. I mean, starting from the beginning, one of the I read a book as a kid somehow about I think it was the Baja 500, and somehow got bitten by by desert racing. And our our family hobby growing up was was riding horses. You know, we didn't really have much of an automotive. I mean, my dad. Had, was a car guy and had had cool cars and, um, you know, was we were always in that. 
but it wasn't a, a hardcore hobby that we were working on on four wheel drives or anything. But we, uh, I read that book and I had a buddy that, uh, that raced a stock car. And I remember in high school, I thought, I'm, I'm not going to be able to race anything in the desert anytime soon, but stock cars have roll cages. They're race cars. You know, we get to build something that's like a desert car if we build a stock car and go race it. So I leaned super hard and dad kind of relented and we built a stock car and, and campaigned that dirt track car for a few years. And, you know, that was my start into looking looking into racing and from that you know when i'm you know in high school looking at all kinds of of dirt track car stuff and immersed in in that racing world you're seeing tube chassis and purpose-built vehicles and all kinds of things that weren't a thing in the off-road world but when shannon campbell came out with a tube frame jeep i i remember not really thinking that was all that earth-shaking because I had seen other tube car vehicles out of the racing world, you know, it just wasn't earth shattering. It was just applying that different idea. It was cool, but it, it didn't seem like it was like it was brand new. It was an adaptation. One of my early experiences with my blazer that has shaped a lot of stuff was I, I took a, a trip one spring break into the, the maze district in Canyonlands, And there's just miles and miles and it, it's like a hundred miles of dirt to get back to the camping area that I went to. And it's all rough, ledgy, at best washboardy, you know, washed out crappy road. And the suspension on my blazer was probably worse than stock. It had some, some beefed up springs and, you know, didn't know anything about airing down tires and it was super rough. And I came back from that thinking, I have got to do something different. Something is out there. And, you know, looking at desert racing was an obvious thing because those guys cover miles of desert, you know, quick and supposedly comfortably, at least in control. And I started looking at that technology and got some better shocks. And, you know, as things went on, that was a kind of one of those formative trips that's like, it's got to be better than this. And funny that was uh, 95 ish 94 probably by the end of 99 i repeated that trip um with my wife and my blazer had our custom springs on it had a set of good gas monotube shocks on it had crossover steering had good tires that i could air down you know now i'm on 37s in this thing and it was actually comfortable and fun you know, so that was one of those moments like, well, you ask about the arrival moment. It's like, well, at least for that vehicle, it's like, okay, mission accomplished. We did this. Now I have something that actually rides nice and is comfortable to go do this. And that's always been kind of a, a driving thing. And so that you talk about trickle down, it's that, that technology coming in, even in, in our leaf springs, you know, that stuff was figured out decades ago in the, de the desert world, but it still works. It still applies to this vehicle platform. And you, know, you take a, an engineering mindset to that, that component and build it to get more wheel travel, have a softer spring rate and pair it up with a good shock. And 
you can go over rougher terrain faster. Reminds yeah, so me of a, uh, of a story Rod Hall told me about when he was racing the Jeep CJ in the Baja 1000. He says, back then, we thought the more leaf springs you had, the better. So we just made the packs bigger, <laughs> bigger. He said, about halfway out of Ensenada, the thing rode so rough, it almost cut me in half. So I did the rest of the Baja 1000 with no seatbelt. Oh, just <laughs> bouncing around. Yeah. So I just, it, it's funny because, you know, it, it took takes a while for you to realize you know, the anti-wrap spring or the overload spring or the spring rate of a bunch of really thin leaves versus a couple thick ones or too many thick ones. And people don't realize as, as quote-unquote simple as a leaf spring is, there's a hell of a lot of technology that goes into making one work well. We did an entire episode about leaf springs. Do you we remember? We did, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. With the boys from Diva. Yeah. Very huge name there that's always been out in that world. Um, one of the coolest things that I, I heard just to dive down the leaf spring rabbit hole for a little bit here, talking to Brian Cadella from Light Racing that's now Specialty Products, that he worked on the Big Mac and Little Mac trucks and was telling me about the leaf springs on the back of Little Mac. Uh, Holman, you could probably fill everybody in too, but Little Mac was a, an S10-based uh, factory GM race truck back what, early 90s probably well, yeah late 90s yeah mid to late the little mac was yeah late 90s early 2000s probably by the way brian cadella um, for those of you who don't know is the uh the mad scientist behind jount shocks so if you remember jount shocks from the mid 2000s uh gm still uses it on some of the racing programs and some gm performance parts that you can upgrade on a zr2 um but they're like a hydraulic um like a hydraulic bump stop, but way more complicated because you can actually valve them and there's some other Mm. sorcery and magic. But uh, Brian is one of those guys that when you sit down and have a beer or have dinner with him, it's fascinating just to to watch his mind work and and hear him talk. He's he's a really great guy. Yeah, the stuff that spills out is, is crazy. And that was one of the Leaf Spring stories talking about Little Mac. He, uh, that truck had multiple sets of springs and they were all uh 300m leaves so 300m is a a super refined 4340 alloy it's one of the probably one of the strongest usable grades of steel and you know is way above what you know normal leaf spring materials pretty good stuff and and 300m is like the stuff that you build the strongest axle shafts out of you know, that's where people see it in this world as super strong engine components and drivetrain parts, axle shafts. And they had leaf springs made out of 300M. That's crazy. That's engineering a leaf spring gotta be, all the way. Got to be pricey. Oh, wherever those springs went, somebody's got some really good stuff sitting uh-huh. around. Well, it's and like, probably have no idea. It's like the guys over at uh, Multimatic who make the uh, the shocks for the ZR2, the spool valve shocks. Uh, that are in the Chevy Colorado and then in the uh, in the Silverado race truck, and uh, they swapped out regular shock fluid for uh, hydraulic aircraft fluid because it was a fluid. Obviously, we've talked about how the a shock is just a hydraulic cylinder and a piston, but the aircraft grade stuff would last the temperature range and the durability for desert racing. So that's what they put in there. So it's interesting to see uh, you know those types of things reimagined where you think. No, 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 I can't use this. This is designed for aircraft hydraulics. Then you go, well, if I'm only looking at it from the specifications, oh, I can use it in these other applications. 300M, that's for axle shafts. Oh, wait, 
I could make leaf springs out of it that are durable. Let, let's get stronger steel. Oh, there it is. Yeah, right. right? All right, so on your yeah. website, offroaddesign.com, steering, suspension, axles, engine and transmission, transfer cases, body and armor, fabrication parts, trail gear and accessories. All for minis. Uh, no, not for minis. <laughs> <laughs> mini trucks or mini coopers, yeah. Yeah, mini, mini coopers. <laughs> so uh, my one of my favorite sections is Bargain Barn. <laughs> you never know what you're going to find there. It's a grab bag, right? And then, you've got right. Our, and then you've got a section which I think I love most, which is our trucks, where you can find the Dirt Every Day. Alaska, Alabama Army truck and the off-road design parts list. So you can't buy the truck, but you can buy everything that's on the Dirt Everyday rig. And it's from 119 bucks all for the, or the full package, $6,657. I kind of think it's neat where you've listed every product here on that build and you're like, hey, build your own, buddy. Well, that's something that we've always looked at is basically truck recipes. And this is stuff, you know, once again, it comes down to our trail experience you know, our trail experience, the rigs on there have been around for multiple years, done multiple UA trips, all kinds of trail ride, normal everyday stuff, you know, trips to the Baja, trips to Alaska. They've all done it and they're good recipes. And that's something I, well, a lot of people do look for. We've had great success with that is here is something that's identifiable. You know that it works. This parts package works. And, and this is what it is. And we really try, you know, we understand we're like our normal guys. We didn't build all of those trucks right away. Shoot, we, if people knew the story behind some of those UA trucks, several of them were supposed to go on one trip. And part of the reason why we've ended up taking some of the other trips on trips is because the one that was supposed to go wasn't ready. You know, we fire up an engine and something's wrong. We just flat run out of time. This is not going to work. Just take the old truck, you know, get that thing prepped. You know, all of that is, is the real world. And it, it's like normal people building stuff. You know, I have huge respect for people that can take a vehicle apart and, and actually get it all back together. You know, that's a, a huge deal. We have a hard time with that. You know, that's why a lot of times I, I recommend guys don't do that. You know, work on small projects. Do just oh, an engine Like swap. my F-100. You, yeah, just work on the small yeah, things. Yeah, well. <laughs> there are a lot of small things. <laughs> you know, if you tie into smaller projects that you can get done and drive the truck, you know, there's a couple things that happen there. One, when you drive the truck, you actually figure out what's wrong with it. You know, or why it, what's not doing what you want to do. You don't end up doing a forum build where everybody says, this is what you have to do to do what you think you want to do and then you're in permabuild mode or you build a truck that seems like what you think you need but then when you go to use it you realize that it isn't at all you know you, when I, you have I to drive have, yeah i have built a few magazine projects over the years that turn into frankenstein because you have everybody's stuff and everybody's stuff isn't designed to work together and so the vehicle the next vehicle that i build is going to be a more holistic approach with less manufacturers because I know that the products are meant and designed to work holistically together. And then you don't get a Frankenstein that, that doesn't do any of the things that you wanted it to do or ends up being so unreliable that you don't want to take it out anyway. Right. Well, and that's the thing. People start throwing gadgets at stuff. And if you solve a problem, then you've done something. You've, you've solved it. You made your life better. You made the truck work better. And that's something we've really tried to push. And 
you know, and a lot of the truck recipes that we have there can totally be built up in stages. And we can substitute some parts for other parts and save you some money here and there. Uh, a good example, we we have a lot of guys, you know, putting nice shocks on trucks now is justifiably, you know, as part of the racing trickle down is justifiably a, a thing that everybody's into. But on this Chevy truck platform, your square bodies and, you know, solid swap stuff, if you don't have the spring rate down to where the thing can actually ride decent, you can throw all the shocks you want in the world on a stiff leaf spring and it's still going to ride stiff because it has to move before a shock can even work. So when a guy's working on a budget, you know, part of Stephen's truck counseling service, which <laughs> has turned into nice. the general off-road design truck counseling service, <laughs> but the, uh, you charge by the hour. Yeah. yeah it's the hourly <laughs> hourly rate of zero because they caught him off guard. <laughs> I see. I see. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish we could, but uh, we end up just being, Hopefully, we're just making the world better. But the, uh, you know, guy wants to, has X amount of money to spend on the truck and will advise, put nice springs on it and put a set of white body lift kit shocks on it. It's going to ride better than if you throw a bunch of money at a, a two and a half inch King or Fox or whatever to, to put on it with a stiff spring. Soft spring, do whatever you can for the shock. Any shock is going to work better. And, and you'll end up with a, a better riding truck. And then down the road, you can put better shocks on it. But you're never going to get it to ride nice without taking care of the foundation. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that we try to help people work through is what does it take to actually do what you want to do with the truck and, and fit it into your budget and make that work? That recipe page is, is something that's pretty cool. And we've always had good luck with, with that idea in a variety of vehicles. And it works out great. I you know, customers like it and it, it really helps, you know, cement a vision in their mind of, of something that'll do what they're after. So speaking of visions and recipes, what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes other than somebody trying to tackle the whole project at once, but what are some of the bigger mistakes and what are some of the, some of the advice you have for people who think they know the direction they want to go, but maybe they come to you and they're not fully uh, aware of how hard it is to get there? Or they're just straight-up dumb ideas. <laughs> <laughs> the straight-up dumb ideas thing is ask actual experts and and ask people that do what you want to do. You know, if you want to go rock crawling, don't talk to sand guys. You know, that talk to rock crawling guys. You know, figure that, that out. One of the biggest things, I think, is people that don't actually use the truck. And it's hard because our whole philosophy is use-based. Go outdoors, go play in the sand, go trail riding, go on long camping trips in the desert if that's your thing. You know, take your truck rock crawling, do do whatever it is that you want to do with it. And even, you know, now the Sunday trucks, resto mods are huge for us. So, you know, I've got to throw out that it doesn't have to be off-road use. It's okay to have something that looks cool and takes you out to get ice cream we call it going for sundays on sundays it's you know that's totally fine but we want to make it work right still you know it needs to drive nice and start every time and ride decent and be something that your wife wants to be seen in you know these are all all important details so go use your truck you know the, one of the more important upgrades that you can do for any truck 
is a few tanks of gas. And after you use up a few tanks of gas doing what you want to do with it, figure out what doesn't work and fix it. Boy, I guess one that I would have to apply from my experience is, is another big picture idea kind of like that. And that is understand what your truck is. And if you like want to take your really nice blazer and go rock crawling with it, understand what it's going to be in the future. Because I had a nice Dented. blazer. Oh yeah, two <laughs> and well, my blazer's a basically a tube buggy well, now yeah, because yeah. I rubbed the outside off of it. Yeah, your your blazer's and, a little different than most blazers. It's uh, it's it's not like those other bears. Now is that that convertible K thirty ORD with a parts list in excess of nineteen thousand four hundred five dollars? Is that yours? Uh that's that's kind of ours. Okay. The uh, so my blazer, I don't. Geez, I'd have to think about where to find a picture of my blazer on the new site. It's a tube chassis with blazer skin stapled on the outside of it. And it's not a very good rock buggy, and it's not a very good blazer. It's a, a super cool machine. But if I had stopped when I had a blazer and realized that, <laughs> you know, and the problem is this was before you could just call up somebody and, you know, a goat built or, you know, whoever and just, order up a tube buggy, you know, and have a pallet shipped to you to build it. You know, it was a big deal to build a full tube chassis. And so I've, you know, modified my blazer and rubbed off parts and cut everything down and just, you know, worked my way down. And knowing what I know now, I would still have a blazer and I would have built a tube chassis to satisfy the, the hardcore rock crawling urge instead of trying to force my blazer to do this. But you know, it all happens for a reason. I learned all of the things about how to make these full-size trucks work by actually doing it. So, so that kind of panned out, but that's one thing that I guess I would say is, you know, for a lot of guys, if you want to keep your truck, you know, and, and it remain a truck, just understand that they, they have limitations, you know, and, and you can go drive them through some pretty tight trails, probably way tighter than you think you can and get away with it. But don't cut it up and make a buggy out of it. It's not going to be a good buggy. <laughs> and <laughs> your your wife is not going to want to be seen in it with you. We have more than one customer that's run into that problem. <laughs> yeah. What's parked in front of my house? Um, yeah. yeah. Hey, right. Uh, yeah. How come the county wants us to haul that off? Exactly. <laughs> it's a scrap heap. Steve, what's uh, the most scared you've ever been on the trail? Like, uh, I know that Holman's got a few stories where he thought he was going over backwards, you've got to have one that stands out as being where I'm going to die right now. The the one that I can think of wasn't me. It was actually uh, had one of my boys behind my blazer when somebody else knocked it out of gear and it rolled down a hill and uh, had people behind it. And fortunately, you know, one... One guy saw what was going on, grabbed my other son, you know, pulled him out of the way. The truck just rolled back and, you know, and hit the back end of another truck and nothing was damaged. It was like, you know, bumper to bumper, no big deal. But that, uh, that was one of those that makes me park my rigs now by putting them in neutral and making sure that they stay put. And then I put it into park and I, I figure out a way to park them that way. So that was the the super scary moment. But realistically, even 
I mean, I, I barrel rolled a race car a couple of times. Actually, had I, there were a couple of times I felt really surprised. The the one time, for some reason, after it went over once, I I had the thought that, oh, wow, this thing's going to go over and just land back on the wheels. I'll be totally fine. About the time that it tripped and I did three barrel rolls in the air oh, before it landed. Wow. felt like I was in a washing machine. And uh, it, as I look back on it, it's like, that was a completely ridiculous thought to have, to think that this thing was going to stop when it hit the wheels. <laughs> But I've I've never really been that scared actually in a car because everything is is pretty well built and I we've never had anything come apart you know even in stuff like that I've you Knock know tipped wood. over rolled over um, you know tumbled them in the desert and and things have been fine you know they're they're well built they're built for that I guess one good pucker story that's a it was a very unique experience was during King the Hammers this last year, I was a co-driver with my buddy, our collective buddy, I guess, Kevin Stearns from Pacific Fab and Tilden Motorsports. Um, we, he, in this case, rolled his car in the dark in Outer Limits, um, which is a, Outer Limits is one of the trails that's oh, kind of far away from, from Hammertown. And it's just a, a rock canyon and, we went up on a sidewall and, and ended up tipping the car over and it landed on the lid. And the way it landed, my window was blocked. We're hanging upside down. And the only gap that I could get out of was the windshield, but it's completely pitch black. You know, it was dark enough that it was truly totally dark. You know, and we immediately killed the car. So all electricity off, no light anywhere of any sort. So you're feeling your way out of the car and you know, it's a, a really disorienting feeling being upside down in the dark and having to figure out where an opening is that you can even get out of the car. And the whole time you're thinking, it's like, man, I hope this fuel cell is actually sealed up and, you know, everything is actually okay on this thing and it all feels good. No, you know, don't smell anything, but you're, you're always worried about it. And I ended up going through the windshield hole of the car facing, you know, with my belly toward the roof and the way the rock and the windshield hole all laid out, I couldn't fit my helmet through the hole. I could get my body through, but I had to unbuckle my helmet to actually get all the way out of the car. And unfortunately I had a flashlight in my pocket because that's what I do. And I was able to light things up and help Kevin get unbuckled and, you know, and help him get out of the car at that point. But that one was was really weird, rolling a car in the dark and then, you know, having windows blocked and, and having to work my way out was... No, thanks. That one was unique. Nope, not yeah. a fan. Yeah, I'll pass. No, thanks. I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we have says, that one behind although us. Although it says the guy that's dying to go into a mine, you know, a mile underground. Yeah. You know, there's uh, no windows, no doors, blackness. I'll still pass. <laughs> <laughs> so off-road design. If if to put it into a nutshell, like who go, who's your customer? Full size GM truck guy, square bodies, eighty eight to ninety eight GMT four hundred guys, uh, GMT eight hundred guys, oh one to ten trucks, um, seventy two and older. We've got a bunch of good stuff for those. Um, basically, a full size GM truck that's not a, a new truck. We've got cool stuff for it and can make them work better on the trails, uh, you know, resto mod guys, we can make it to where your wife will be happy to ride in it, even just to go get Sundays on Sunday or go to the lake. 
um, you can make it to where it's the, the truck that you actually want to drive instead of the, the quote, nice truck. Those are our guys. That's what we're after is making their trucks work better. And as we know, the uh, square body Chevys are coming on hard right now. Seems like uh, oh, everybody's picking those huge. up. We actually, years ago, everybody's, oh, you got to move into the newer generations, keep moving. And, you know, and square bodies have always been pretty big. There's a lot of those trucks. And while wow, we came back from SEMA, I think two years ago, and had the thought, we're, we are moving into newer stuff. I'm actually working on some, some cool stuff for the GMT 800 platform. Um, the, those are the 01 to 10 trucks. But the, geez, the square bodies, it, it's very obvious that we can have a really good business just catering to those trucks because they are so huge. And, and they're awesome platforms. They're the, the Legos of the truck world and super easy to work on and, you know, relatively simple to, to deal with and great projects for, for a lot of people. And geez, capability beyond what it seems like any truck should have when you can bolt in as many good components so easily. They're, they're amazing. Well, if you just uh, fell into, I don't know why I said fell into, I was going to say find Fall? yourself, fallen into. Fall into, yes. How about this? If you just picked up a square body Chevy or uh, any of those old GMCs all the way up to a 10 GMT 800 truck, mm-hmm. and you're looking to make it, I don't know, badass and more capable, especially off-road, or uh, you want Sundays on Sunday, head over to offroaddesign.com or on the socials at Offroad Design. Steven? Yeah, thank not you. on Twitter. Yeah, not <laughs> <a twist>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, And by the way, if you're looking for all You know sorts- why? Because men aren't on Twitter. Real men are not on Twitter. Uh, our podcast is on Twitter. I don't care. I'm just I'm just saying you're you're And we got a whopping ourselves. 50. We got no, a whopping 80, 50 I think people. we're at 89 Whatever. now. Whatever. Hey, so uh, if you are looking for a Chevy full-size 4x4 truck advice, Steven, available 24-7- Call him from Guam. He'll answer the phone don't, at two in the morning. Don't offer him up like that. No, 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 no nonsense like yeah. that. He's, How about you just email? No, him. the dude's got a family. This is long. He's not in his uh, parents' basement anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Well, you can you can find him at info at offroaddesign.com if you have a question or a bunch of money burning a hole in your pocket. <laughs> Definitely, he'll take your call for sure. We can put it to work. Exactly. Thanks so much, Stephen. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And, it's been fun. And thank you even more. For actually listening, that means a great deal to us. And for not being on Twitter. (laughs) Exactly. Right? Yeah, we have that too. (laughs) Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, see you guys. All right, bye. Bye. Holman, I feel like we've gypped our listeners. It's been so long since we've played their voicemail from the Five Star Hotline. Yeah, it's been a couple episodes. Can we do some? Let's do that Five Star Hotline. Oh, come on and be part of the show called the Five Star Hotline 657-205-6105. It's the Five Star Hotline. Five Star Hotline. What's up, Lightning Holman? This is Colby. Uh, you might know me from my embargo clip. And uh, no way. Wait, who? Share with you guys <laughs> one of my running out of uh, gap stories, even though it's been a little bit since you guys started doing those. Um, anyway. A few years ago, uh, we needed to get a new combine for the farm. And so we found one. It was a two-hour drive away from our house in a normal car to go find there to go pick up this combine. And uh, we really didn't want to pay for uh, the, the cost of shipping it because uh, we don't, definitely don't have a trailer big enough to haul a combine home. And so we decided we were just going to drive it home. 
And uh, we estimated it would take us somewhere between <laughs> 10 and 12 hours to drive this giant oh my combine gosh. Uh, back to our house. It sounds fun. And most of the way is just normal back roads. Uh, not a big deal. Wasn't going to be that big of a deal. Um, except for there was Did they one particular spot uh, <laughs> that we had to go across one intersection that had a light. And that was going to be our biggest deal of the whole trip. And uh, as we got to this uh, one light, the fuel filters plugged up and the combine died right in the middle. Big John Deere combine <laughs> dead yes! right in the middle That's of the intersection. That's a lie. That's a lie. And, John Deere's uh, don't die. So some of those old combines, they're, they're hydraulically driven. Like the, there's motors, there's a motor that drives hydraulics to both tires. So when the engine's not running, it goes into a lock. And uh, there's no way, there's no hydraulic neutral um, that you can put those in. It's just park or drive once the motor's on. So there was no way to, to get it moved out of the intersection. So there I am on top of this uh, combine trying to drain the fuel out of the fuel filters, trying to get it some of the crap out of them and uh, re-put them back on. My grandpa, he was in a truck following us. He ran to uh, Napa because they do stock some John Deere parts. And uh, we're trying to get the uh, fuel filters figured out. Anyway, people are flipping us off, calling us every name in the book, honking at us. And then we get uh, a sheriff and a highway patrolman come up, and they're yelling at us to move it. And we're like, there's nothing we can do. Uh, the one was like, well, we're going to hook onto it and have to yank it out of the intersection if you guys aren't going to move it. And I'm like, okay, good luck. Go ahead and try yes. to pull a combine <laughs> that's, that's locked in park. Uh, you can try it, but it's not going to go anywhere. Anyway. Uh, half hour later, after playing with it and happened to re-bleed the fuel lines, um, we got her fired up and was on our way, but we had some people that were not very happy with us. So it was a very embarrassing moment, uh, but you guys can add that to your list. I don't know if that's technically running out of fuel. It kind of is. We had fuel in the tank. It just wasn't getting some motor. So anyway, guys, thanks for uh, all you guys do and keeping me entertained during this coronavirus. I'm sitting here at the Oh, oh cut off. off! Cut oh, off, poor well, Colby. That was it. That was a good, sh- yeah, uh, good was, story. Yeah, good storytelling. Uh, I want what I was envisioning is uh, the highway patrol guy hooking up to it and then ripping the back bumper. half of his yeah. Yeah, bumper off or something like that. <laughs> Straight out of uh, at like uh, Roscoe P. Train would have done <laughs> that to the Dukes, right? I just, I just think that if you had that story in any bar in Southern California, you would have the best bar story of that day. Yeah. Yes, All right, one time I got a combine stuck in and, and the middle of the street. And, and, the yet where, and yet where that happened, it probably it, was no big deal, no. right? No, they're going, oh, the Johnson boys got the combine stuck <laughs> on the road again. Uh, I love right, well, it. Uh, I want to drive a combine one of these days. I really do. That's on the bucket list? Yeah, it's definitely on the bucket list. Okay. I mean, you're like, I want to go drive in mines. I'm like, I want to drive a combine. No, but I, I mean, I want to harvest corn. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I just, I want to drive it down the rows and like pick the corn. I, I don't know how that happens. I've I seen wanna, it on TV, yeah. but- I, I want to operate a- uh, This uh, is us being uh, urban pompous right an now. An almond shaker machine. An almond shaker? Yeah. I think You said almond. Almond? Is it almond? Almond. Almond. Yeah. I say almond, but- uh, Almond, right. really? No, no, it's right. It's how do you almond. say- Hold on. How do you say refrigerator? Refrigerator? All right, just checking. How would you normally say it? No, no. I just there's some people pronounce it different. That's all. What would they say? What, what's the alternative? A refrigerator. Oh, God. I would slap you. A oh, refri- come on. That was, my grandma used to say that, pal. Re- re- refrigerator? Oh, country lady. Huh. How do you say nuclear? Nuclear. Okay. Not nuclear. <laughs> smack this smile off your face. I, I, I saw a shirt that was uh, appropriate for you today online. That said? I'm quietly judging your grammar. <laughs> <laughs>
yes. That's me. I don't always have the best grammar, but boy, well, when you I will see, point that stick. I just uh, I wish you got a you got a rock in you got a rock in your hand and a glass house behind you. That's for damn sure. <laughs> oh Lord, Lightning and Holman, I love you guys. <laughs> I also love Sleep too. Jordan, <laughs> Jordan from uh, Daytona Truck Meet. This is Jordan here with Daytona Truck Meet. Yeah, I know. I fell asleep, but hey, it is what it is. So the uh, rumors are true. We have moved Daytona Truck Meet to September 4th through the 6th. It was just a uh, culmination of everything stacked against us. We tried getting government approval. There's DOD travel restrictions. Beach driving isn't even open yet, and the international borders are not open either, so all of our Canadian friends couldn't make it. Bunch of co- company travel restrictions that I'm sure you know of, Holman, where uh, some of the vendors weren't even going to be able to show up. So it was in our best interest to move everything, and the Labor Day weekend was our best option. So here we are. We're doing it, pushing it back about three months, and uh, so far it's been about 90% positive feedback. So, hey, I'll take it. These are weird times, guys. So dealing with it as it comes. If you guys want to call me back, hit me up. If not, I'm going to come out there and see you guys in California here soon, as long as your uh, governor opens it up. Love you guys. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. We are, uh, are we the laughing stock of the, uh, the, the country here well, in California? One of them. Yeah. We're the laughing stock of ourselves. Should we call him right now? Now, he said- uh, Should we call him back? He said- nine, Hold on a second. He said 90% of the people yeah. were okay you with You know it. what I thought of? With I want to know what the 10% yeah. said. Yeah. How unokay were they? Yeah, let's call him. It'll be a better event, Labor Day, because it'll be further oh, out from Oh, without us. question. It's probably, he'll be fighting with other events, which he didn't have to do before. Yeah, he because was what's the... going to happen is everybody's stacking their events in September and October right now yeah. to try and make up for it. So. Although, remember, his his uh, event is known for cruising on the beach as well. So a lot of people, remember, you have, at Daytona Truck Meet, you can go in and out. Kind of like, um, I guess, Lone Star Throwdown and some of the others, right? Where you can go yeah. in and out, like Jeep uh, Beach, right? Same thing. Uh, I've never been to Jeep Beach. Neither have I. Yeah. I, th- I think that's what they do. <laughs> I don't know. I'm talking <laughs> out spread, my ass. Spreading uh, information. Rumors. I am. Uh, fake news. All right. Let's uh, let's call Jordan. Yeah. Call. Oh, it's late again here. I know it is. <laughs> oh, I know. That's why I said we should call him. Hello. This is Jordan with Truck Fever LLC. I'm not at my phone right now, but if you leave me a brief message and your phone number... I'll be sure to get back to you at my very first opportunity. Thank you, and have a blessed day. Oh, he's calling back. Oh, he's calling back. All right, yeah, you got to At the tone, please record your message. All right, yeah. What, are you sleeping still? Oh, my good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jordan, Alice was almost going to blow up your inbox with... Jordan, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> oh, Alex, you know how to talk to me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we just wanted you to know we love you, too, and... uh who knows if we can go to your damn truck show and your new dates. Actually, we just wanted to complain, like the uh, 10% of people, and we wanted to know, uh, what were they saying? What did the 10% of uh, angry responses? What- yeah, 90% are all for it and supporting you for moving the dates to uh, September 5, mm-hmm. sorry, 4, four through, through 6. six. And yet 10%, you said, are not happy. Are those the people that are like, COVID's not a real thing. Get out there. Take that mask off. Get us back to work. Is that the 10%? <laughs> No, it's more just people who who couldn't make it to the new dates, and I guess they want to gripe a little bit. But trying to do what we can. Uh, well, I'm just going to point out, out that 
we were there last uh, last year, and uh, you had people who who couldn't get into the event because it was so damn full. So I think you probably have uh, people in reserve. I would. Imagine. I don't think people understand that Jordan <laughs> is the giver that keeps on giving, and then gives some more. Yeah, when he's done giving, he's like, "Now nah, I got more." <laughs> I got lots to give. He's kind of like dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. He doesn't know. No, because no, no, he doesn't run. <laughs> there, there we go. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, good to hear your voice, buddy. Sorry I didn't call you back last uh, last weekend. And sorry we blew up your phone. It's always good to hear you all's voices. Let us, yeah, let I, us know when you come out again. Jordan, Jordan, the reality is that we really, you know we want to go. You know you have our hearts. And... It's just going to be, it's just tough. Holman's well, company, we'll see. We don't know. Holman's company is kind of sweating him. You know, they've locked down travel for employees. And, might be reopened uh, by then. It might be opened by so then. We'll, so we'll see. We'll see. But hey, if you get out to California before then, make sure you schedule it with us to where you can come in studio and you can hang out with us for a show. Absolutely. I was just, just going to show up anyway. So maybe I'll let you guys know when I get there. All right. You bring the pizza. Pizza, I'll bring the barbecue. Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. All right. Good. All yeah, right. That's why we like you. That's why we can still be friends. <laughs> All right, All right well, we are, we're glad you woke up so you can go back to bed now. <laughs> I'm hoping that you lay there looking at your ceiling fan for the next three or four hours. That's what I'm hoping for. Should I call you when I go to bed just to see if you're still up? Yeah, you need to sing me a lullaby. <laughs> it's uh, kind of kind of weird. All right. We're, Better uh, yet, Alice, Alice can do it for you. Okay. There you go. Jordan. Rock-a-bye baby. A really chubby ginger baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude, on that note, we'll see you later. <laughs> oh, man. Love you, Jordan. Oh, later. <laughs> see you, dude. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, Holman Lightning. Uh, it's Colby again. Probably my last uh, recording got cut off. Oh, well. On uh, episode 120, Holman, I was disappointed. You uh, talked about the PVR. And going and watching bull riding. And then you said you went behind the chutes and you saw a bunch of 3,000 pound steers. And, uh, the one problem with them being steers is, you know, the difference between a bull and a steer is the testiculars. So those bulls are actually bulls. They're only steers once they don't have their testiculars any longer. Anyway, guys, keep up the good work. I know it's just a little error, but. Keep on keeping on. That's, that's how they get the truck nuts from the bulls. Anyway, <laughs> guys, bye. I did not know that. A uh, little bit of trivia. I uh, clearly, clearly am not a country boy. Hey, Holman. Hey, Lightning. It's Lars Duick here. And I am from Canada. Maybe I've said that. I'm not sure. Canadian bacon? That's an American term. It's See, I told you. bacon here. <laughs> just bacon. You guys must have made that up. And... I don't know if you guys are honorary Canadians or not. Get kind of pompous. <laughs> Have a good one. Keep up the great show. I if Lars says that we're not honorary Canadians, then we are not honorary Canadians. Why does he get to choose? Because his name is Lars. Well, that that's true. <laughs> hey, guys. Lars here again. Forgot to say <laughs> um, lightning. We most definitely drive trucks here. What are you thinking? That was a joke. And yes, we may have a tenth of the population of the whole U.S. Like Canada is about the same population as California or so, something like that. And But in rural Saskatchewan, 
Uh, and there's farmers and whatever everywhere. Truck drivers will drive trucks. Come on. See you later. Well, uh, he's got you there, sir. Dude, I think the rest of our audience knew that I was joking. But did they? I sure hope so. I hope that, uh, you know what happened is all the Canadians, yeah, they got their pitchforks. Mm-hmm. They talked to Lars and said, you tell them. That's insane. <laughs> it's just insane. I know that they drive trucks in Canada. Have you? Oh, you've been to Canada. I have been through Canada one, two, Couple three, times. three times. Yeah. yeah. All right. From south to north and from west to east. All right. Yeah, I can. And twice from south to north. Yeah. I, I'm out of insults then. Okay. All right. Hey, it's Mario, Mr. Tiny House Guy. Um, but I just had an idea. Um, something I always talk about and people always talk about me is when they see my truck is, oh, what do you got underneath the hood? You know, what upgrades have you done or you plan on doing and the conversation goes for a few minutes of, you know, I've done this, they've done this, or you should do this. And so it's something I always, you know, have a conversation about, and you always learn new things. So I thought that would be a good idea to kind of talk about because there's so many things out there from, you know, basic performance or just little enhancements or just kind of give your truck that little extra oomph. Um, but that's my idea. Well, that's a way – that's way too broad a topic. I mean, talking about performance enhancements for – He's got a an OBS, right? Does, I can't remember what Mario was driving. He's the guy pulling the tiny house down in yeah, Costa Mesa. Yeah, remember when I had a? Uh, I think he's in Vegas now. He well, he goes between Costa Mesa and Vegas. Yeah, yeah. he goes back and forth. Yeah, he's remember pulling uh, his house, <laughs> which I think is weird. <laughs> Why not just get an Airstream? I, I think. I mean, we, there's performance enhancements for every truck under the sun. Yeah, where would we even start? Wherever we want. You know what they say? <laughs> no. You know how you eat an elephant, right? Uh, you start at one end and you one, work your way through one it. bite at a time. One bite at a time. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, do we choose them as categories? Like, all right, tuners, intakes, exhaust. Nope. nope. We just fall into them. <laughs> no. Yeah, we just have we talk to that guy and he'll tell us about some stuff It'd he's be an doing. Awful show. No, we'd have to say they're all it. awful shows. It'd have to be the tunerisode and the exhaustisode. I'm exhausted listening <laughs> to this. Yes, you are. How about some news? What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Oh, did you hear like- There's an echo outside. Yeah, I don't know. Was that it? Was it the microphone stands? No, no, no. It echoed. I heard it through the door. Oh, really? Yeah. We we transcended the barrier Uh within the room, and it came back from the photo It's like we turned the room into a microphone. And, and it just, it projected beyond the walls into the photo cove of Motor Trend. Yeah, it was weird. Hmm. Well, did you hear about the dude who uh, who lost his job? I mean, uh, there are tens of thousands of guys who's lost their job. As a truck driver? Again, many truck drivers who are now not driving because of freaking COVID. All right. How about a newly hired uh, driver that was, quote unquote, not deemed fit for the job and uh, was let go after hauling only one load? And did, what did he do, drive through the warehouse bay door or something? Well, he tried to keep his job, and apparently uh, the owner of the company mm-hmm. had a Ferrari GTC for Lusso. Oh, no. And uh, he got back in the truck after saying, now you'll see what happens when you F with me, and then drove his Volvo oh, he went right postal. over the top of the oh, Ferrari. Oh, no. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, of course, the police were called to the scene, and uh, 
The disturbed trucker was arrested. However, uh, there's apparently some uh, some conflicting reports both on social media and Reddit about the circumstances lending up to the smushed Ferrari. Uh, despite the uh, Car Scoop's account of the story, mm-hmm. some people have maintained the driver was not properly paid. Another person said the driver was upset of having to drive an older truck instead of a newer one. Well, that's an entitled thing right there. What the heck? Uh, anyway, it's all hearsay. We don't know too much about it. The tragedy is that a uh, Ferrari got smushed. Mm. Yeah. If you're trying to figure out which Ferrari it is, it's the one that's a shooting brake. It's the two-door wagon. It's okay. Ferraris are for douchebags. Oh, man. <laughs> wow, Alice. Alice man. Yeah. Not not, not uh, keen on the rich men. A little, uh, little harsh there. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you hear? No, I didn't. Uh, Ford protected the excursion name. Ford protected the excursion name. I mean, that's what trademark protection is. What What, what do you mean? What well, did they do beyond uh, trademarking Apparently, it? they filed a trademark application on April 24th with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office for the exclusive rights to excursion. Uh, officially well, entered as serial number 88886357. The trademark allows Ford to associate any of its cars, pickup trucks, electric, sport utility, and off-road vehicles, or any of their structural parts with the excursion. Excursion name. Is there something I'm missing here? They they already owned it. Did they not? It probably it... was expiring. Oh God! What are what's with these legal departments? I'm just saying. Renew the sucker. Is it coming back? Are they just keeping it in their back pocket, or will there be another excursion coming? I, I don't know. But if you're Ford, produce one a year, sell it across state line under that name on that with that badge, and you get to keep the freaking name forever. Just keep renewing it. Just one a year. There's one. You literally a lot just of work. have to- it's, Yeah, but isn't it cheaper to have your lawyer go file the patent than build one vehicle? To me. Hey, if you let it lapse- By the way, this is where Alice interjects- Do not listen to Lightning's legal advice. Yeah, I mean, that's-, that's Right, because this yeah. is opinion. We're commentators. We're not- uh, We're commentating. Yeah. Is that we're, what you do? Yeah, we're, we're not uh, news people. Not even close. No. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about the thing. Uh-huh. Remember the guy down in Tustin, California that bought IROC? Yes. If GM says, oh, hey, I want to use IROC again. They're hosed. No bueno. Yeah. Ain't happening. Right. So listen, lawyer up and don't let it lapse. Are we bearing the headline? I feel like you're mad about the wrong thing. Excursion. Yeah. Is it coming Are, back? That's what I care they about. They could just be protecting They it. might be. Well, but I feel like you're mad about the wrong thing. Uh, yeah, probably. We're, we're trying to get a point across and tease the audience. What could happen in an alternate universe? And you're mad about lawyers. My anger may be misguided. Yes. Uh, did you hear? No. The Popo? Police, yes. Gets a new Tahoe. You're not allowed to call them the Popo. The Popo gets a new Tahoe. Okay, tell me more. Uh, the 21 Chevy Tahoe Police Pursuit. Will it have little itty bitty teeny wheels and tires like mm, they always do? Why is no, that? I think it's because they have a standardized tire that they use so that the city yard only has to carry one tire size. I think that they park in parking garages that are too low and they need little itty bitty wheels and tires to get them under the uh, the cross members of the no. uh, parking garages. No. Then why are they rolling? Because is, if that was the case, you just buy cars. Is it so they cars. have really fast zero to 60 time, but- low top end like i don't get it you don't get what why do they have itty bitty wheels and tires <laughs> why do you care because they're like i when when the highway again patrol, you're mad about the wrong thing when, when, the, when the when the tahoe's rolling up to me yeah. to give me a ticket 
In and my, you, you mock him for the size of his dude, wheel and tire I package? Just, I just roll on the throttle, and he, I just leave him. He can't keep up. By the way, the- He can't uh, keep up because his- Dude, he's like turning his wheels and tires into like balls of the fire. The Mercedes GLC 63 I have in the parking lot right now? Which is straight baller. Straight. $150,000 sticker. Actually, it's not even out yet. It's not out till later this year. So I've got one of the very few out in the world. Let's be honest. You were jealous when Hell you saw yeah, that. I am. 23-inch wheels. Well, what's funny is I measured because everybody's not, like- Not 22s, not no, 24s. 23s. 23s, yes. And they're monoblocks. They're like the biggest monoblock. They've got to be heavy. Yeah. I will tell you- Not necessarily. Well, but you're not going to bend a rim with these things. No, there's a not. ton of structure. All sure. right. And they're wrapped in, uh, was it, Michelin uh, Pilot Sports or Cups or whatever? Uh, the, the Sport 4s. Okay. There's actually a pretty fat sidewall on them. Everybody's like, 23s, it must mean it's low profile. I measured with a tape measure- and that Mercedes out there- So total diameter yep. of the tire. Yep. Well, height. Height of the tire. Okay. That's close to it. Why isn't the diameter the height? Because the diameter is around. The height is up and down. No, it's not. You're talking about the circumference, doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 31 and a half inches, which is bigger than like a Chevy Colorado ZR2. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Dang. I know it's not apples to apples, but it's still a little bit hilarious. Yeah. Because people wow. are like- that SUV could never go off road, and it's low profile. And I measured it's like three inches of sidewall. Let me like ask it's you this: pretty big sidewall, and a big rim protector. Let me ask you this: yeah. top speed. Uh, the speedo goes to two hundred. Sure, but it doesn't. It, do hold that. on, I know, but it goes zero to sixty in about four point two, six hundred and three horsepower, twin turbo. It's their what they call the bi turbo four liter V eight with hybrid, so it has a little motor sandwich between the engine. And the transmission, and it provides extra boost of uh, horsepower and torque down low until those turbos light up, and it is freaking glorious. I'll bet you it'll do a buck sixty. Yeah, I think that's right. And it's heavy. Can you imagine that doing a buck sixty in an SUV with six passengers? I bet you can't do a buck sixty with six people because the payload's going to slow you maybe, down. Maybe, 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 yeah. Um, but it weighs. We're talking about an AMG. Yeah. Uh, GLS 63, correct? Uh, G. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say GLC? I don't know. What did you say? Yeah, what it's is a GLS it? 63. Okay, GLS, yeah, GLS 63. So the big yeah. one. Yeah. Weighs over 5,000 pounds, 603 horsepower. 603. I mean, it just, there's a button about, on the dash. Uh, guys, for the, for the record, we're talking about a Mercedes. <laughs> That's weird. It's the Truck Show podcast, yeah. but this, it, so how did you, how, you this is a loaner, right? Yeah. You're part of the loaner pool? Yeah, I'm testing it. So what, what did you see when you pop interest? up the hood? It has a real carbon fiber engine shroud. For 150 grand, it should. But you'll it's such opulence and excess you don't you'll never see it. Do you feel like a douche driving it? I feel like people look at me like a homeless man. Because of your beard? Yeah, they just everything I'm disheveled looking right you now. You need a floppy fishing hat and then it'd be like, oh he yeah. Fit. And to not take a shower in a while. Right. Man, the thing smells good on the inside. Yeah. And it's got two giant like twelve inch screens. Like half the dashboard is a screen. How do you feel about that? Uh, I'm more of a, I, I like gauges because I all I can think of is when the warranty is out, this thing's gonna suck to fix. Huh. Carbon fiber steering wheel though, solid, and it's a small steering wheel too. Yeah, it's saw tiny. That. Yeah, that thing is... handles good too. Put in sport mode and hunkers down on the air suspension. This is, I'm I, I'm feeling like you're conflicted. Like you <sighs> don't want to like a Mercedes no, SUV, no, no, and like... yet and, and yet this is something new for you. <sighs> you there's it's a little, not there's it's... a little so one eye. Yeah, one eye is bleeding, but the other eye has a twinkle in it. Uh, it's no, I don't. I don't hate it. I don't. I. I'm. I just don't get to play with these ones that much. 
So they called me up and they said, we have an opening in, in the schedule. Are you interested in having one for two weeks? And I said, why, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, Now, let me ask you this. Yeah. Did you say, well, you know what? I want to know a little more about Mercedes because Lightning got one. So, like, what's this about? Yeah, I, I did it. Did it? Did, honestly, you, you stopped by my house. Can I you, tell you what was in my mind? Yes. I want to know what makes Lightning tick. No, you don't. This is my John Malkovich moment where I'm getting <laughs> inside your head. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, it is. I want to. I want to hand it back. I feel dirty. A lot, a lot. Of, but okay. I'm not going to. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So, did that? Did that inspire you to to say yes? I want to know what this is about. A little uh, bit, even even uh, one yeah, sure one tenth. It's okay. not like I'm not familiar with Mercedes. I've, I mean, well, have you I, written about a, it I was years. a service writer for Mercedes. For, I get it. And you for, you cover all this stuff. Yeah. I get it. I get that. But like, but I just don't get to play with th- this stuff. Is too it often. a so going from so many trucks, yeah. right? And this guys are gonna. I know I'm gonna get lambasted. <laughs> you spent ten minutes talking about Mercedes. You should be running. Listen. This is all trucks, except and it's gearhead stuff. What, this gearhead stuff, yeah. dude. That is. Listen. If anyone, is there anyone that could deny? The sheer like balls that an AMG has. I mean, they yeah. just do. Even the little bitty ones, they haul ass. Oh, I know. It's it's like mom's taxi on steroids. It if mom is a bodybuilder, that's mm-hmm. what she's driving. It's just like uh, I was reading an article online because I was trying to, I was trying to get like a feel for you know, it's not out yet. There wasn't there, the media drive didn't happen. This is another one of hey. Go drive it and do a story because we're not doing media drives right now. The car is not out yet. If you look at the Monroney, the window sticker, it has a bunch of not final stuff on it because the car's not available. Mm-hmm. But one of the writers called it a ballistic bus. <laughs> and oh, I'm I like, can see that. I'm like, that's that's probably appropriate. The thing hauls. I'm not going to lie. I might have lit into it a little bit next to a Chevelle <laughs> and the guy couldn't believe it. Okay. So a couple things. I mean, four seconds, zero to 60 to 5,000 plus pound vehicle. Okay, okay, okay. That seats, what, seven people? So you've driven a lot of tor- a, a lot of, a lot of trucks with, with torque. Yeah. And then, and then there's this, right? You mean with lots of horsepower? Yeah. Well, I'm saying you've driven trucks with torque. Yeah. This, this has, has got- 627 pound feet. Yeah. I guess so. It's not, you know, a thousand pound foot Cummins, but still. But it's also not an 8,500 pound truck either. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll let you know. So, long story short, you and I have a road trip coming up. We'll talk about maybe next episode because I think we're going to be able to do some cool stuff. Okay. And we're going to take the Benzo oh, across state lines. We're rolling in a Benzo. Yeah. So, anyway. This is weird. Are we – is this bad? Is this bad for the truck show? No. Why? Okay. I'm just wondering. Like, well, we're, are not gonna, we... we're not doing necessarily a review on it for the truck show. But what we're taking it to, we're doing for the truck show. Oh, yeah. You guys are going to be pumped when yeah. you find out what we're doing. I'm just saying that I got us a ballistic bus for our road <laughs> trip to the neighboring state. I'm excited. Are we taking the uh, the 10 or the 40? No, we're taking the 10. We're taking the 10? Yep. We're going to make some time. We're going to pass semis with reckless abandon. If you know anyone at Escort, please uh, <laughs> hook us up. We I, may actually, need some radar detection. A funny story. I had uh, Cobra reached out and asked if I would like to test a radar detector, and I haven't responded because I'm thinking, I, I don't really need one. And now You're I'm thinking, moron. now I'm an idiot. So, dude, I will tell you. Th- so we just need to borrow one. We need to. All right. I'm. Go- you have my word, guys. I am booking someone from either Escort or Cobra. Uh, I guess Cobra, since they reached out to you. I've been an escort back when they were called a passport. What about a the passport? Valentine one? No. Uh, and I know he's like baller OG. Yeah, but, but he had arrows. Uh, no. And number of targets. 
I don't care. No, interesting. I've had so I have my escort has gotten me out of so many tickets. I'm not Holman. I'm telling you, at the last twenty times I've driven to Vegas, yeah, across the fifteen freeway, yeah, one hundred percent of the time. The radar detector has gone off. I have slowed down, and there he is on what the about other laser? side. Um, it does have laser as well. But laser, it does have laser. Laser's a hard one. Laser is a hard one. But mm. I'm telling you, I, I don't want to say that I haven't gotten a ticket. Knock on wood. Cause <laughs> Knock now on t- fake wood on Because I'm going to get a ticket tomorrow uh-huh. now that I say this. But yeah. I'm telling you that it has gone off, and consistently it has saved me. If you guys have said, I don't need a radar detector, dude, I am living proof that it all right. It, it works. All right. Calm down. I'm Take fired a deep up. breath. I'm fired up. Why? Because Just breathe. Rarely. All right. Do you, do you ever put on- No, no, no. We're no, going listen. full circle. No, 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 no. We're no. going back to the police pursuit Tahoe and the thing that spawned this entire sideways conversation. I don't know what you're talking and about. That, that was is, an hour ago. That is, <laughs> it has 20-inch wheels. Thank God. <laughs> All right. So God. 20s on the police Tahoe. Like the last one was rolling 14s. It, it, improved, it improved. No, those were 16s or something. <laughs> it improved the truck stopping distance by 11 feet over the outgoing pursuit model. Updated suspension tuning, unique monotubes, coil springs, stabilizer bars. All that stuff is unique to uh, the PPV. Also has a lower ride height, so it's lowered. So this is you, you should be able to get behind this. I'm all over it. 20s and lowered from the factory. Yeah. With lights that make you do anything. You'd borrow that. I would borrow that. <laughs> and then you'd go to jail. Check and, this out. Hold what on. En- what engine? Hold on. That's the 5.3 with the 10-speed, but check this out. Six-piston Brembo front brakes, 16-inch brake rotors, which is why it has 20s, heavy-duty clutch-type limited-slip diff. Uh, PPV is Speedo certified to hit 140. Oh, okay. That's solid. For big old body-on-frame SUV? Hey, let me ask you this. Yeah? Mr. Know-it-all. Okay. Emissions equipment. What about it? Do they roll full emissions? Uh, 100%. Fantastic. 100%. That's good to hear. Uh, check this out. A 760-amp auxiliary battery. Okay. Because of all the electronics. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And they have a, a blunt-cut wiring harness that runs uh, 31-wire circuits to the cockpit, 56 to the cargo area, and 25 shared circuits for aftermarket equipment. All without removing any interior panels to get them, making it easy, make it easier to uh, to upfit for police duty, and uh, it will also have a 4G LTE hotspot, a rear camera mirror to help the driver see what's behind. You know, like if you have a uh, what they call 1015 in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, what's yeah. a 1015? A crazy a, person? No, that's a prisoner. Okay, uh, at least out here in California, maybe different in other places, uh, so that you can see behind. You know, the magic uh, rearview mirror. So that's cool. And it comes with uh, driver's assistance tech, like for collision braking. So when they're texting or on their MDTs, they don't run in whatever in front of them. Pedestrian detection, lane keep assist, and a following distance indicator. So all of our police officer friends out there, I'm curious, what are you guys driving? Are you still in Explorers? I know CHP just switched over to uh, Charger, V6 Chargers. Blah. I've seen a lot of them in Tahoe's in I will, this area. I want to see the Tahoe. I want to hear from the Tahoe officers. Are they excited about these upgrades? Truckshowpodcast I mean, at gmail.com. You gotta you gotta think they would be, right? I would think so. I mean I'd be like, no, I I prefer my old Mercury. Well, you yeah, I love the Crown Vic. That's a great car. <laughs> Man, you could ram the no. crap out of those. When I worked for the no. police department, yeah. they tried to put us in front wheel drive cars. 
And so they had gotten um, like the Impalas, and uh, I was trying to. Rem- I think that's what the the police car was. It was the front wheel drive Impala that replaced the Caprice Impala. Sounds awful. And all the cops were so pissed about it, they started ramming them into into curbs and stuff, knocking them out of alignment. Some broke the transmission casing, and they basically made it so expensive that the city had to relent and say, "No, we're going back to the rear wheel drive cars." Oh my god. But I want to see cops used to have to wait twenty years to get an update. Now they're getting updated like every four or five years. The Explorer Pursuit just got updated. Yeah, and it was updated a couple times. I mean, look, we we do need to give our law enforcement good tools. But so. I, I want to know the guys who are in them. I want to know what it's like in a modern police pr- a cruiser, whether it's an Explorer or a Tahoe. Like, do they hold up? Are they crappy? Do you miss your Crown Vic? Do you wish you had the old Impala with the LT1? I'm kind of curious, right? Well, uh, if you're that one officer that we have listening. No, we have a bunch of officers listening. Okay. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com or 657-205-6105. All right, last bit of news. Uh, I don't know if it'll truly be the last bit of news because we may go sideways. I'm going to try to something. keep it on the rails. Oh, okay, we're going to keep to this one story. Yeah. Are you sure? I'm going to try. Do you have it in you? I think so. All right. Uh, rumor, how about a 6.2 liter V8 from the General that may get supercharged. Tell me more. Will it be supercharged for the ZRX? A Tahoe? An SS? Rumors floating around. you got to remember that uh, ZRX was a uh, name that was trademarked not too long ago by General Motors. Did it lapse? <laughs> Actually, it did. They had a- uh, Of course I believe did. it was a uh, GMC sport truck back in the day based off the S15. Stop letting your marks lapse, guys. Stay on topic, Lightning. I'm on. All right, what's next? Tell me. No, I'm getting out of news. I got nothing else to talk about. What's next on the show? Yeah, because I'm trying to keep us from going off the rails again. It's time to read some mail. You email. Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. All right, well. Unless you hand me some email, I got nothing to read. Still waiting. What? You want one of these? (laughs) This one's kind of cool. You should read that one. Let's see, what else? Ooh! Read this one. Finely tuned instrument, guys. That's what this show is. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. All right. I need your urgent help. It's a subject line from <laughs> C.D. Arisma Bitney Romley. Wait a minute. I'm going to read this verbatim here. My name is Rosma Mansour, the uh-huh. wife of the sixth prime minister of Malaysia. Okay. I need your urgent partnership to claim U.S. $13 million urgently. Due to the pressure on my husband, Uh-oh. contact my email, roshmanmanzor94 at yahoo.com for more information. Huh. Are you, are you going to call? I'd like $13 million. So wait a minute. If we help roshmanmanzor, we can, we can keep the 13 mil? I think that's how that works. Hmm. Huh. This wouldn't be a scam, would it? No. Okay. No, I think we should uh, we should reach out. All right, got one here from uh, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't think it's real? No, no, it's definitely real. Okay. Oh, there's no question it's real. Uh, I'm getting rich. <laughs> got one here from Justin Hellman. Dollar says, 
So there I am cruising with my truck governed at 65 miles per hour, and I see a hot shotter with an Aaron's box van on the trailer, and it's being pulled by a Nissan Titan XD. <laughs> so I took this as a sign to finally write my old friends at the Truck Show podcast. I made a wish list with a few points I want to hit when I did get around to writing y'all. So here we go. Aren't those trucks at Beachmont Ford cool as F? 700 horsepower from a dealer? Badass. I love sport trucks. Which OEM do y'all think will be the first to come out with a sport truck? Um, I think it's going to be Ram. I think it's going to be Chevy. You have inside knowledge, so that's not fair. I don't have inside, inside knowledge about oh, this. I'm going to say Ram. Okay. I'm going to say Chevy. Let's do a bet. Five bucks. Shake. Uh, fist bump because oh, fist bump. Uh, social distancing. Right. And fist bump right there. pumps of uh, sanitizer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. If you just make these squishing, uh, like yeah. like your 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 hand kind of clenching yeah. as if you were squishing yeah, the, did you see the that? pump down. Yeah. Does that count? Yeah, absolutely. Aired it out in the studio here. No? <laughs> it doesn't so you don't actually have to do it, you just say you do it and it's enough. Buxess in Katy, Texas, outside Houston, has the longest car wash in the world, according to Guinness. Lighting was referring to it as a truck stop, but in fact they don't let eighteen wheelers in the big ones. I understand why, as a truck driver, it's disappointing how other truckers don't care and throw trash on the ground, dump drinks, and even piss bottles on the ground. It's like when people can't take carts to the corrals of the grocery store. You know what? Let me stop, because I can get on many rants, just like lightning. <laughs> yep. Waffle House for the win. And I gotta no. S- <laughs> no. And I got to say, I compare... I got to say, I compare Huddle House and Waffle House. I compare IHOP and Denny's to each other, but that's just me. I agree. No. I totally agree. Waffle House and Denny's are different. They are different. And Waffle House? No. Nope. Uh, well, he must be from Texas because he says, what a burger for the win. That's wrong. No, it's nah, definitely. You, no. You're, you're, you lost us, Justin. You're dead to us now. But I'll keep reading your email anyway. Come on out here. We'll treat you in and no, out. No, no, no. He we'll said, hold on. Says, yeah. He says, what a burger for the win. On that note, I've had in and out Oh. In Texas, they built one in my hometown. I tried it. Not my favorite. I believe the hype is the secret menu. Everyone loves to be in on a secret like non-disclosure agreements. <laughs> and then I was told you got to get one from California. So I found myself in SoCal. I had it a couple times in a couple different ways. I think it's good, but hyped way up. Probably like California think us Texans do with Whataburger. Absolutely. By the way, there's only one way to have an In-N-Out burger. That is animal style. Double-double. Mm-hmm. Don't mess around. Grilled onions. No, animal style comes with grilled onions. That's part of the magic of oh, animal you're style. You're right. You're, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. That's the way you have to have now, it. Now, do you get regular fries or animal style fries? Animal style fries. Okay. I good. did not get this body by eating regular fries. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, here's what's important to, to, to note. Yeah. I, I think I have solved why In N Out is so delicious. That's unsolvable. No, because I've had Whataburger. All right. I've done it. And I've had Five Guys. I've Five done Guys it. is lame. Lame. Everybody else feels like a burger. Like, just burger pieces all shoved together in a bun. Except In-N-Out is like sushi. It's like the sushi of hamburgers. Everything is so perfectly portioned and so perfectly complements each other that it is greater than the sum of its parts. And that, my friends, is what makes In-N-Out so great. I can't find any flaws in your theory. So so we agree. Yeah, we do. Do you want to get in and out after this? I'm in. All right. How All about right. out? Are you out? No, I'm in. Oh, we got to finish this before yeah, we're yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. All right. One last paragraph. He says, I'd like to thank you all again for making it work and getting these shows done in these crazy times we're going through. It is awesome knowing there's an episode waiting for me when I have to leave the house for the week. Thanks, guys. It really means a lot. And that's from Justin Dollar. Thank you so much, brother. And uh, we're happy to do these shows, mostly. 
Next one up is from uh, Dan Church. Gents, thank you very much for the Hell Week discussion. Can't recall which episode it was. But I recently installed these bad boys and love them. 2,500 pound leveling capability with no effect on normal ride. Very, very accurate. After some spirited time and then loaded up with 2,000 pounds, I'm in love. Great product, says Dan. All right, well, he's a big fan of Hellwig. God, that is... That was episode eight, five? I mean... Eight, it was early. It was 80, our old... 80 plus episodes ago. It was our old studio. This yeah. just goes to show the power of the podcast. All right, got one here from Tyler. He says, uh, Dear Holman and Lightning, which is how you should always address us. Never. It's Lightning and Holman, so uh, says the shirt. Caution, this is long and rambling. I started listening to the show because I drive back and forth between Cincinnati and St. Louis a handful of times a year and needed something other than car talk reruns to listen to. I'm catching up on the episodes that fancy my interest. The Cummins episode and the interview- Hold on just a second. Yes. Car talk, really? I mean, I, they're they're a classic. Really? They're a classic. You know that whole watching paint dry yeah, thing? I'm just saying they're a classic. I mean, I'm not going to bash them. Let's talk about Studebakers today. Okay. <laughs> Easy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, podcast wars. Are we all, we're all going to go to the park with our podcast microphones and, and chains brawl? and brawl, yeah. aren't we? Hell yeah. That's what, it's Anchorman again, isn't it? I uh, borrowed my friend Corvette <laughs> the other day, and I was having a, a joyous time cruising. Okay, you Pacific done? Time Can I finish the email? It's car talk on NPR. Yeah, it's true. Anything <laughs> NPR is pretty sleepy. All right. Uh, anyway, he says, uh, <laughs> I'm catching up on the episodes of Fancy Mantris. I, c- I caught my Birkenstock on the gas pedal. <laughs> the Cummins episodes and the interview with Quinn from 74 Weld were fascinating. Looking forward to listening to the episode of Gail Banks and the one coming up with the dude from Nicola. I believe it was on the first Cummins episode. I that don't Kate- know where to find leaded gas <laughs> from my corner. <laughs> the time many of the mags were shut down, Rip JP and you, Holman, made a comment along the lines as if you're sad they're gone, you should have subscribed. Yes, I did. There's a new product <laughs> on the market called STP. I wasn't familiar with them until I tried them in the, in the Nash. My Nash is uh, not the. Uh, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. <laughs> did you use the club on your steering wheel? Uh, no, the uh, car was stolen. All right. Can I finish the email here? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's fresh. Yeah. Fresh car talk here. Okay. NPR. They are only reruns now. Uh, I first subscribed to Four Wheeler in like 2004 when I had a magazine fundraiser in 6th, 7th grade, eventually JP2. From that point on, I was obsessed with Jeeps and always dreamed of owning one. Really thinking about it, I could trace my interest in cars back to that subscription, which subsequently led me to becoming an engineer and working in the steel industry, supplying materials that goes into cars and trucks. I picked up a 64 Jeep J300 a year or so off a farmer as a project as the original 230 Tornado i6, three on the tree and a whole mess of farm fixes. Eventually I'll swap in a 4.2 and an AX15, but the Tornado is fun for now. I have big plans for the truck, but that'll have to wait until I get a better garage and a welder. One critique I have of the show. Ooh. It's got to be me. I mean, it has to be, right? Is the goofy sound clips can sometimes be a bit much. Oh, stop it. Have a sense of fun. Especially when they just distra- have a sense of fun? What does that even mean? Especially have some fun when they, with us. Especially when they distract the guest and you have to explain the context of the clip. But you guys are having fun, so I get it. Other than that, I enjoy the show and I hope it keeps going. Sincerely, Tyler. Yeah, buddy. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Truck nuts live on. Yes. Says Reed Tyler. Taylor. Sorry, Reed. Hey, light bulb and manhole cover. What? <laughs> 
<sighs> hey, light bulb and manhole cover. You didn't even with. get the uh, order right. I saw this at a local 7-Eleven, and I thought I should share. really don't understand why people want nuts hanging under their truck, but hey, it makes for a good laugh. You guys are doing a great job with the podcast, with all the insider info, and keeping me entertained during this quarantine. So thank you, and keep up the awesome work, and five stars! Five star review! Five stars! And there it is on a, well, this is a second-gen uh, Ford Lightning with a set of rubberized truck nuts huh. under the uh, driver's side of the first, rear bumper. I've got a first-gen Lightning with a set of something here in the studio. <laughs> with rubber truck nuts uh. hanging on it, yeah. Except their earrings. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what? Oh, I get it. See what you did there? The nuts are in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Should I, do you think I can get through one more email? I got this one from our buddy uh, Marshall. Guys, Mon- I seen the suckage <laughs> meter. You've pinned the needle on this episode. Yeah. Oh, without Hey, question. Alice, give us a break. We, uh, <laughs> we're, we're punchy. Uh, Marshall of Montana writes, he says, uh, COVID-19. Well, that's already a sad subject. Hey, guys, sitting here on my lunch listening to the podcast. Started out at episode 100 or 101, started listening backwards down to 88 or 89, then bounced around. Finally just started from the beginning. Currently at episode 37, SEMA day three. A couple of things I've asked myself during these episodes. One, thank you guys for keeping us essential employees entertained. Two, you guys bring up eating wiener schnitzel. Have you guys tried the original Tommy's Chili Dog or Burger? If you haven't, check it out. Yes, of course we have. Yeah, we have had that. They just weren't next to our old studio. <laughs> no, and also it, um, it's how different. Do I, how do I put this nicely? Tommy's has ill effects on my ears. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's almost like you don't need the middleman. If no, you, you, if don't. you know what I'm saying. No. <laughs> Uh, so when I'm looking, I would at, order what I want to see later. So, so listen, if I need some side hustle money, uh-huh. I rent myself out as a spackler. <laughs> no. Is that a job, no, spackler? You don't, you don't do that. <laughs> uh, number three. This show has gone completely off the rails. No, lightning <laughs> has gone completely off the rails. Number three. Favorite episode so far: First Gale Banks episode number nineteen and episode twenty-five with Ted from Four Wheel Parts. Number four, when a company comes on the show, Lightning asks the rep from the company for a TSP listener discount. So, when is Lightning going to offer a bank's discount? Ooh, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Well? He sells his services as a spackler. <laughs> uh, see, you guys have no idea what I put up with on a weekly basis. During this quarantine, work has been uh, business as usual here at Tesla. Been catching up on the maintenance on the desert diesel, replaced the leaking radiator, rebuilt the shocks, found a damaged reservoir, re-gearing the truck this weekend from 373s to 456s, and I added a Banks Monster intake elbow. Sorry for the long email. Keep mounting those parameters. Yeah, buddy. Thanks, Marshall. Uh, I don't know that uh, Lightning is way amused with himself. In fact, he's so beat red right now, it looks like he's going to have a aneurysm in his forehead. That would... Alice slayed me on that. All one. right, I am going. What, I'm going to read the last email because clearly you are incapable of reading. Robert. He sells his services as a spackler. What's up, Holman and Lightning? Thanks, Robert, for getting that right. We uh, we definitely know who uh, who's the professional in the room here. Been listening and following for quite a while now since glorious episode ten. Mounted parameters. Started while I was working for a company that supplied bits and small things to OEMs, Cummins and International, for example. 
and still listening while I throw parts and push start for CNC machine. You guys kick ass, and I enjoy guests immensely. 74 Weld, by the way, mm. we have more people who love talking to Quinn. We should have him back on. Portal axles. Yeah. And auto archaeologists have been the great follows on Instagram. Finish the episode with Trevor, and between the Badger and listening to him, I have moved from being lukewarm on the EV to really rooting for Nicola. I think you're going to like what we have in store. I would seriously consider the Badger and Hydrogen and give it a Led Zeppelin bumper sticker. More than that, his enthusiasm makes him someone I'd really be thrilled to work for or with. I've had some believe if you must, experiences with executive level people. Listening to Trevor talk gives me hope that there are better individuals to work for. Anyways, keep rocking and mounting those parameters. Master, monitor, key engine parameters. And yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Looking forward to a few hundred more episodes, uh, by the way. I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, there will not be a few hundred more episodes because lightning is going to get us fired. fired. <laughs> oh, oh, P.S. good. P.S. Holman, <sighs> has the new Jeep gotten mm. its special tag? Still hoping for embargoed, if not. Uh, no, and I'm not going to reveal what the tag is. Uh, the California DMV is closed, so we can't order anything right now. Unless you want a stupid, sequential plate. Yeah, except stupid COVID. Yeah. Woo! Look at my eyes. Dude, it's, uh, on that note, I think wow. we're done, because I think you're useless I've now. got one more. Do you want me to read it? I Can you read it? Uh, let's try. Bank Side Dash. Hey, since Bank's Power gets mentioned so much on your show, <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe, maybe not. I'd like to see if you can pass on a message. And he says, I'd like to get the iDash made usable in big trucks. Well... Uh, Robert, you're not the only one. I currently have an international pro star with a Max Force. I assume that's the that's trans? The, that, no, no, no. Max Force is the uh, international engine. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, not up to speed on that. Not a desirable engine, but it's what I have. The reason for wanting this is that the gauges can be used to help uh, with fuel mileage. Make sure you don't bake the turbo while climbing hills and just add gauges that weren't put on the dashboard in the first place. <laughs> the main reason I'd like an iDash is the data dump. I emailed Pittsburgh Power. They agreed that this might help with remote diagnostics issues that can't be duplicated on the dyno. And the iDash looks like a hell of a lot better than the scan gauge. I emailed Banks, Pittsburgh Power, and Diesel Laptops trying to find somebody to see if a market actually exists for this product. Uh, included is a pick of my truck. Nothing great, but it's my first big truck. And by the way, it's a pretty badass truck. Yeah, just the uh, drivetrain sucks. Uh, yeah, that happened. So we are looking into this at Banks, and um, unfortunately, big rigs use a different... It's not CAN bus. We have to basically create new software. firmware and mm. hardware and the whole thing. So it's not as easy as just porting it over yeah. for big rigs. But Makes we have sense. had a, a more than 100 requests for it. So that doesn't constitute enough demand to make it. But, but if those are, are the people asking, you got to imagine there's a bigger market out there. There's a bigger market out there. Yeah, yeah. Those are just the hand raisers. Yep. All right, Robert. Well, uh, if we do make an iDash for Big Rigs, you'll be the first to know. And on that note, we should end the show. Guys, if you want to send us an email, we would love to read it. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That is truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. And, of course, you can always reach us on our socials at Truck Show Podcast or on Twitter at Truck Podcast. We don't look at Twitter. Nope. Never will. We don't even Never look have. at Facebook. I think you're just proud that you reserved the name. I think we look at Instagram the most, but I realize that we actually have a ton of people 
that have Facebook. left us messages on Facebook that I am about six months behind on. What? And I apologize. So I don't check it because I thought that you were keeping an yeah, eye on I've it. I've just been so busy. Well, don't do that. So we have uh, we have Facebook messages to catch up. We should do a Facebook message catch up on the next show. Yeah. Just answer them. Like, just go down the list. We are a hot mess on Facebook. Yo, we? we are a hot mess, period. <laughs> Although we're uh, we're approaching like 7,500 fans on Facebook. That many? Yeah. Maybe 8,000 now. Wow, fantastic. Go us. Right? Chuck Show Podcast. You can just, just search us on Facebook. You'll, we'll pop right up. You post some good stories, too, from Four Wheeler Network and stuff that you're shooting out on the road. So you do a pretty nice job. Try to. I'm, I, I'm behind. I wish I, then, I did more. And then I throw some stuff in every once in a while that just pisses people off. Yeah, that's okay. They know it's you. <laughs> people literally will message me and say, uh, I can tell which posts you do, and I can tell which posts Lightning does. I'm like, yeah. No, I'm trying Pretty to much. blur the lines. For a while, I wasn't adding the hashtags and stuff, and now I am. Yeah, because I would go in and add them afterwards and now swear. Now I'm doing, I'm doing I hashtag, uh, what is it? So it's mounted parameters, it's yep. five stars, yep. it's yeah, buddy, and I'm and forgetting one, and Truck Show Podcast. You got it. So I got them all. Yeah, no, that's, you're, you're, you're good. So I want to post crappy posts and then have you guys think it's Holman. <laughs> I will not claim them. I think yeah. people know. They know your writing style, my writing style. I don't put um, uh, a chameleon, chrome-tastic, North Carolina, South Carolina squatted Tahoes and Yukons. On I, do. <laughs> I do. I know. I, I love it. Some I know. fierce. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, uh, if you're loving getting a new truck something fierce, then uh, head over to your Nissan dealer, NissanUSA.com, and check out the Titan, Titan XD, the Frontier, the line of commercial vans. And, of course, the Titan comes with the best warranty in the business, five-year, 100,000 miles. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. I don't know why she speaks so slowly on that piece. I, it's your computer, right? No. I think uh, Do you have extra recorded, spaces? When I recorded Alice, she just... I think I slowed her down. I pitched her down for some reason. Oh, interesting. Five mile, <laughs> one hundred thousand. And she just slurs too. You hear that? Listen to her slur. Listen to this closely. Five year, one hundred thousand mile warranty. I have an idea warranty. for a show. I have an idea for a show. Yes. Uh, I take away your computer mm-hmm. and your microphone, and then we do the entire show where I control all that stuff. It'd be better than it is now. I can tell you that. Damn it sure. wouldn't be worse. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to train me to replace you at some point as well. Well, that's easy. Do you have any monkeys laying around? <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, you guys also have to reach out to Decked if you're looking for a phenomenal storage solution. You've got a uh, you got a van, you got a truck, mid-size, full-size, and you want a lockable storage solution that will hold all of your tools, your surfboard, your skis, whatever you got in the back. We've talked about all the things you can shove in there and um, from sandwiches to sand, <laughs> sandwiches to sand. <laughs> So if you've got a lot of sand or a lot of sandwiches <laughs> and you need to store them in the back of your truck and you want to keep them out of the uh, the sun and the elements and you want to put 2,000 pounds on top of your sand and your sandwiches, <laughs> go to decked.com. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> I mean, they want to go to decked.com. They have no idea what you... I feel like you're having a stream of consciousness. You have removed all filters and you are just saying... I'll tell you what's happening. Okay. Do you remember back in the 80s when... Uh, I don't. A band like New Order or somebody, right? A synth pop band, okay. right? Would come out with a with a new song. And then somebody else would remix that song. And then there would be a 12-inch remix of that track. Are you remixing you? No. Oh. This is Lightning having a stroke, the 12-inch remix. <laughs> okay. That's what it is. <laughs> what it is. Uh-huh. This has been uh this has been an interesting show. Yeah. Lightning. What is wrong with you? I mean, I- <laughs> so much. I don't even know where to start. Yeah, I don't even know where to start. All I know is it's time to finish. So listen, guys, from the bottom of my heart, 
Thank you very much for hanging with us on the show. I had a lot of fun. Holman? <sighs> Not so much. <laughs>